Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Dark Moon Fair. It's a menagerie of wonders for the whole family. In this first tent of the Three Ring Circus, we will amaze you with dangerous demon hunters, devastating druids, ruthless rogues, and the surprising shaman. Step right up to see the fantastical creatures within. You, my friend, are listening to The Happy Hearthstone, the longest continuous-running Hearthstone podcast in the history of space and time and cards. I am Guy Grumpy, the host of the show, and this is episode 207, the first part of a three-part review of Madness at the Dark Moon Fair. This episode is brought to you, as always, by lovely people just like you. Thank you so much to all of our patrons like Hubie, Eddie B, Noodle Swoop, Jalen R., Fallen Sun, and special thanks to our producers, Menok and Number Theory. You can join them and get some great perks for yourself by going to patreon.com slash thehappyhearthstone. I'm excited to bring a new take on the review episodes. I, I know these have been among the most popular episodes of the past, and I'm finding that there are a lot of work to put together, but I'm eager to share what we've done. First, we've mostly removed the numerical tag for cards. I feel like the ratings may miss on some of the nuance uh, depending on the deck, etc. So instead, we focused on whether we think the card is playable, and if so, what archetypes you might see it in. Uh, we'll still tell and call out if the card is good or bad, uh, but understand that there's a lot of archetypes uh, where you'll see it and where you won't, and uh, there's a lot of cards that we might just have to wait and see if those architects are actually viable. You'll also notice that instead of just one expert, like Wicked Good, uh, we're bringing in a crew of experts. And these are all people that are part of the community that I'm already familiar with, but I expect as I get to know more of the Happy Hearthstone community, I'll incorporate more of you into these in the future. If you think you have what it takes or know someone else who does, I'd love to hear from you and have you on the show at some point. Our first show today will cover Demon Hunter, Druid, Rogue, Paladin, and Shaman. So without further ado, let's go. My Demon Hunter expert is well known to all Demon Hunter players. I really struggled with the Demon Hunter as a class when it first came out, even with the broken decks that were lighting up the charts and everybody was complaining about the how overpowered they were. It really wasn't until I started pulling decks built by Draco Cat that I started to make progress with the class. So I'm really excited to have Draco Cat as the expert for Demon Hunter. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Guy, uh, and it's an honor to be your Demon Hunter expert, as well as it's super cool that uh, some of the lists that I threw together were the ones that were helping you find success and uh, everything in the past couple of expansions. That's super yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's it's really actually been kind of fun. I I was struggling so much that I built a bunch of my own decks to see what worked, uh, you know, all the different styles that they seem to throw towards the Demon Hunter. And they were, did okay. It made me feel a little bit more comfortable. But once I started going to your Discord and just pulling your latest list, then I, I took off with it. And like I'm probably winning at 60% with my uh, Demon Hunter uh, packages now. And everything that I have is taken from yours. I've occasionally gone back to HS Replay and downloaded one of the most popular decks. But that drops me back to like 45%. So I always have to go back to the Draco Cat lists. Uh, I can't uh, pump you up enough there. <laughs> Oh yeah. Usually since I, since I play it so much, I can usually stay a couple days ahead mm -hmm. of, uh, like the cards, the pivot in the way everyone else is playing to, you know, to kind of answer everyone else's decks before, mm -hmm. like 
you know, HS replay gets to pull that information and be like, this is trending. This one has the top win rate. Um, usually since I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm seeing a whole bunch of this. Why don't I try two of these instead of one, or let me get rid of this card and put this one in right now to see if that combats this thing. That's hard. Um, usually, you know, I'm a couple of days ahead of the HS replay stats. So it's really cool to, you know, just be that person that people can, I don't know, just hop into the discord, like you said, and grab whatever's working for me and find a similar rate of success with it. Cause, uh, if it's, it's nice to get to have that kind of, I don't know, um, influence on people as a person who's a deck builder or, you know, a brewer. Right. Yeah, no, definitely appreciate it. So would you care to introduce yourself a little bit more? Like things, how long you've been playing, uh, what's really drew you to the Demon Hunter class, and uh, then maybe some of your Hearthstone accomplishments? Yes, uh, so absolutely. Uh, my name is DracoCat, um, as Guy said previously. Uh, I've played Hearthstone since the Grand Tournament age, which is a very long time. Um, I'd never played entirely seriously though at that point when I was playing, it was more of just kind of like a, a fun little game I played on my phone or something until, um, probably around Knights of the Frozen Throne, Throne, oh my gosh, Knights of the Frozen Throne, probably until Knights of the Frozen Throne. That's where, uh, things got a lot more, I guess, serious for me and playing Hearthstone. Um, but I, I hit legend for the first time during the Boomsday era. And I kind of went through this trial period where I was in love with the game and uh, I was in a streamer at the time, but it was like I wanted to be a better player over and over and over again. That was always my um, my goal was, you know, to be the best player I could be. And I fell in love with playing Hunter and Rogue. That was kind of my go to classes before Demon Hunter came out. So when I heard about the announcement of Demon Hunter, um, I was kind of attracted to the way it sounded similar to both Hunter and Rogue. So right. I figured, you know, um, there's a, a lot of Hearthstone streamers out there. It's, it's pretty hard to find your thing. And I figured if I liked playing this class and if I was good at it, I could actually be the demon hunter guy. And, uh, I guess I, I just went full force at it. And I, I found out that not only did I love playing it, I was also pretty talented at the style of playing. Um, I, I'm most drawn to it because of, uh, I guess, I, I find my ability as a player and my favorite thing of, of uh, viewing myself as a Hearthstone player is my ability of knowing when it's time to pivot from playing defensive to offensive, mm -hmm. knowing whatever my opponent is playing. Um, and like, that's the cool thing about playing Hunter and Rogue is, uh, you know, you're playing this like, you know, different kind of game plan in the beginning when you're fighting for board. But then at one point as the hunter or the rogue player, you have to decide like, okay, now it's time for you to be dead. And I don't care about whatever else you do for the end of the game. Now I just pivot to killing you. And, uh, I think demon hunter has the most epic versions of swinging the game. Back Absolutely. From like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, you're the offense, offensive player. I'm the defensive <laughs> player. And you're like, no, not this turn. Now you're dead and I'm the one who's winning. And uh, I like that about the deck. You know, just the giant swings with who's winning and when it's time to go for the throat or save yourself. Well, it feels like it, there's a lot for you to be excited about in this uh, in this new set then, uh, just as far as those swingy turns. So kind of <laughs> excited to hear what we <laughs> what we have to talk about today. Uh, but before we get there, it wouldn't be the happy Hearthstone if I didn't ask you to share some of the happiness that you've been finding lately. So what has been making you happy? 
What has been making me happy? Uh, that's a good question. I find I'm usually a pretty happy person about most things. Um, one thing I'm looking forward to is uh, I, I live in a new apartment now, and oh, I've never had my uh, my family visit me for Christmas before in my new apartment. Oh, nice. And, uh, yeah. And my day job, I, I usually fix internet for a living. So I have this weird hour juggle thing with my day job where it's like I have to work on days like Christmas Eve and oh. um, the day after Christmas. Cause my job is, I guess, what is the word like a necessity. Mm -hmm. Um, and since I'm working from home, it was, it was kind of scary to like move all of the, the work stuff to my parents, but it's, it's nice that like my fiance and I now get to entertain my family for Christmas in our home. And, nice. uh, we've been going out buying a ton of Christmas decorations and really, you know, being intense about it. Going all and, out. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fun. I look um, forward to seeing the pictures. Yeah. There will be plenty of fancy pictures that look like they're from uh crate and barrel catalogs and stuff that I will post <laughs> all over Twitter. So <laughs> excellent. Looking forward to that. <laughs> all right. Well then let's jump in. We brought you here to talk about demon hunter. So let's do it. Uh, first up we have uh, Ilganoth. He's a legendary four mana two six with lifesteal. Your lifesteal damages the enemy hero instead of healing you. Oh man, you're going to start with my like favorite card that I can talk the most about of the set. Oh, uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, probably Ilganoth is one of my favorite cards. I, I do really like Zai as well, but this, this one, I think you can, it, it is a, a deck that you, a card that you could build an entire deck around. Um, and I've done this uh, with theory crafting thus far. Um, so <laughs> I'm sure you're aware of the OTK potential concepts with this card right. and like Moarg and lifesteal, right? Mm -hmm. Like where. And so I, we basically kind of theory crafted this deck where it's got all of the draw options because I know we're going to get to acrobatics later. Um, but now demon hunter has even more draw than it had before. And in the previous iterations of demon hunter, when there was an OTK deck, like in ashes of outlands, um, you were running novice engineers in your deck just to kind of draw through your deck really mm -hmm. fast. But now you don't need to run inner demon, which kind of ruins your outcast. You can just run like Ilganoth, a whole bunch of Moargs, some philosophies, then all the lifesteal cards, and then just put all the draw on the deck. And I imagine you can probably just like go through your entire deck and then just, you know, play a whole bunch of reduced Moargs that you, you know, duplicated with Zai. And um, yeah, I, I imagine this thing is powerful enough to drive an entire deck or an archetype. Um, There's been a, a lot deck. of... There's been a lot of uh, conversations on Twitter where people are saying it's not as good as you think, but you, you've definitely pumped me back up. I was kind of buying into that negative hype of, oh, there's not really enough lifesteal. It's just the weapon and yada, yada. But um, yeah, this you is just what pumped I me back up. This is, I imagine like, okay, you're going to be drawn through your whole deck. You're going to be running like soul cleaves, you know, the lifesteal, like mm -hmm. two, two, you know? And you have Moargs and you're reducing things off skull. You're not running soul fragments. So every time you skull, things get reduced. And since you draw through your deck really fast, you'll probably have like a, a Warblades up and an Ilganoth in your hand, maybe some Moargs, different lifesteal cards. And I imagine that even though it might not be as pretty as what like we're imagining as the OTK in our head, which is like mm -hmm. Moarg, 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 I-Beam, I-Beam or something. Like that's probably how <laughs> most people are picturing it. But what you could do, and what is more realistic, is you could say, okay, my opponent's at 16 health since I've been beating them up the entire game. So I can drop this Moarg right here, and then this Ilganoth that I reduce, and I can I-beam that, 
And since they already have Warblades equipped, I can play like two Twin Slices and that does eight damage now and he gets a six. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You can, it's flexible to throw in with a package of a whole bunch of lifesteal that you could just be like, oh yeah, by the way, you're dead, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and for extra memes, you can uh, tech in Silas and give him the Ash Tongue Soul Bound and hit twice while hitting the minion. <laughs> so. Oh man, that's kind of crazy to think about too. That is kind of a good meme. Um, but yeah, I don't know if this card is good enough to make the the previous iteration of mm -hmm. Demon Hunter we see a lot of, which is Soul Fragment Demon Hunter. I don't right. know if I don't think you just throw this in there because in oh, that right. circumstance, it seems very situational where it's like, okay, right. you already have the Warblades up, you have other cards to give your attack, and you have this in your hand. Um, but you know, maybe you do, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the payoff of duplicating your damage is just something that like the meta is slow enough that you need. Um, yeah. But I'm not, but, yeah, there's not enough lifesteal. I don't think in the, uh, in the soul fragment that it's all life gain through other means. Granted, you do get some pretty big swing turns, but those cases you kind of want it for the healing, you know, uh, just yeah. to get you out of harm's way that you've allowed yourself to get into. So it'll right. be interesting. Now I'm excited. I'm a lot more excited about this card. And now this whole review, now that we've gone through the first one. <laughs> Next up is the Renowned Performer. It's a common 4-mana 3-3 three, three with Rush. Uh, Death Rattle, summon 2, 1-1 one, one assistance with Taunt. Um, originally, when I looked at this card, I thought, okay, this is more powerful than people are originally thinking. And the longer I've looked at it, I've realized that it's not really that great. For what demon hunter is normally doing um the things where this thing would really shine be in like uh against like aggro matchups uh in a deck like where you're playing like as an aggressive demon hunter player as well because two taunts as tokens can be historically kind of annoying it's kind of like air raid you know that mm -hmm. card is mm -hmm. it can be annoying to get through especially if you're playing against like a if you're playing as like a soul demon hunter or something and you're like, wow, I don't have any AOE right now. I need to find ways to deal with these individual little taunts individually. Um, I, I don't know though. I don't think that this card's power level is anything remarkable. It's kind of like a restless mummy, except it doesn't have the ability to remove six health minions and it just leaves like a sometimes annoying board behind. Yeah, for me, this one, it, the stats aren't great for four mana, first of all. And then uh, the the places I was thinking I would want to use it are more in the token, but the assistants don't have rush. They have taunt. So it's not even all that useful in a token demon hunter uh, package. So I kind of agree. It's a little bit, a little bit lighter than I would like if that had rush though, I think this would be a pretty incredible card. Yeah, yeah, that would be, that would make it much better. That's a good point. I mean, the one thing that I, I, I do sometimes think about when I'm looking at this card as well is, is we're getting a whole bunch, we're getting multiple three mana corrupt cards, Demon Hunter, mm -hmm. um, which you mm -hmm. obviously with corrupt, you want to play a card that costs more. And there are not many cards in the four mana slot for, for Demon Hunter, right? Like the only other options you have are, are like Marrow Slicer and Fell Screamer. You know, I'm not going to even counsel it because that's just a hyper specific big demon hunter card. But um, this card, if if the three mana cards like are, are that you can corrupt are super good to the point where corrupting them on, you know, as close as you can to curve is really important. Maybe you justify bringing this, but I I think that's highly skeptical, you know, like that's highly conditional. <laughs> right. 
Uh, next up, another one, uh, Expendable Performers. It's a seven-mana epic spell. Summon seven one-one Illidari with Rush. If they all die this turn, summon seven more. Uh, I mean, I really like the flavor of this card. I think it's kind of hilarious. You know? Um, yeah. Um, I mean, and it's kind of powerful, too. And you think about that, like, you're getting, you can potentially get 14 little Illidari people saying vengeance when they attack. Um, that's a lot of vengeance, guy. That, um, it is. Hopefully that's not what they say. <laughs> do, do you ever, you've heard the command the Illidari and how they say vengeance every time? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Surely they annoying? changed it up. <laughs> Surely. Sure. When you I get 14 of them. Yeah. Oh, me too. Um, but uh, yeah, I think this card's probably, it's probably a meme. Um, mm -hmm. The funniest thing that you can think about though with this, which is, I don't know. It's 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 fun. If you're holding a Blood Herald and you uh, get all of this to go off entirely and you kill all of them, you just get you just created a, a five mana 15 15. That's, that's true. Nice. That's true. It's um, really great. It's, it's really I, I think it's too situational, especially at seven mana that hopefully you're going to have other things on the board and it doesn't really have the synergy with the other token um, parts other than uh, the one you mentioned, um, because you right. want that other one on. If you if you only can summon six of them, then it doesn't trigger again, because um, it's kind of like the um, uh, Magtheridon, right? That uh, it has to be there for it to die. So um, oftentimes, I don't my... think you're getting more. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. That was it. I was going to say, have you ever heard my spiel as to why token demon hunter doesn't work, but like token shaman and druid works? Like, uh, no. Because, okay. It's, it's going to make, it's going to be really obvious when I say it, uh, but it's because the demon hunter doesn't have an actual finisher for creating a board of tokens. Like if you leave a board of tokens open for a druid, they buff all of the minions yeah. to the mm -hmm. point where you can't kill them and, or they savage roar and you're just dead. Um, and Shaman's got Bloodlust, which is insane also, you know? Um, mm -hmm. What we have in Demon Hunter is uh, the Naga, what is it called? Uh, the Wrath Scale Death Naga, scale. Yep. which has anti-synergy with itself because it says when a minion dies, do deal three damage to a random enemy, right? Mm -hmm. So like not only if you're trading in all these tokens with Rush into the, your enemy's board, you, you can't guarantee them to hit the minions or hit their face. So right. most of the time when you're setting the situations, you just roast their board and then have tokens left that aren't dead. Right. That's yeah. a good point. It's just not worth building a deck around the this situational moment that isn't even that great. So, Although there, there are some new neutrals that could... I don't know. I'm still always trying to experiment with tokens. I don't know why it is, but that makes perfect sense. And that's what I've run into whenever I've tried it myself. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, appreciate the, the knowledge. Hopefully we'll get some support for it because it seems like they want it to be a thing, right? You know, you could do guy, you could make a token Highlander demon hunter with all these cards randomly in there because Zephyrs has both Savage Roar and Bloodlust. Yeah, there you go. Then you make your win condition anyway, right? But then again, you know, you're playing one of, so that's <laughs> right. One of lifesteal, maybe, and then hmm. lots of thought has to go into that yes. to make the meme. But uh, you're, next... you're right, though, the mana cost is crazy because seven mana and demon hunter is just uh 
it's worse than in most classes. Yeah, just, you you hope yeah. that you've already won by then, right? Or have the win set up. Well, that or the outcast mechanic, like oh, you right. basically want cards to be less than skull so that like if you draw like your mulligan hand bad and you have one card on the left hand part of it, that's more expensive than skull and skull next to it. You're not kind mm -hmm. of you don't have to wait until after you play like the seven mana card to get to the six mana one. Right. That makes sense. Really bad. <laughs> or, or they need to put uh, corrupt on that and you draw three more cards and they get reduced by four more or something. No. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> Uh, Stilt Stepper is an epic three mana four one with a battle cry of draw a card. If you play it this turn, give your hero plus four attack this turn. I love this card. It has the coolest flavor. Like you get it right with the whole like if you're you're walking on stilts, you draw a card, and if you can play it, you don't fall. You know you get the, <laughs> get the attack. But if you can't play it, it's like the it's the I guess the metaphor is like you're you're whiffing, you're falling. Oh off yes. The <laughs> I like it. I, I didn't even think of it that way. And it's actually a decent amount of attack if you can pull off that uh, extra drawn card. So you fill it with low cost things, then you should get it, give you initiative. And I mean, the 4-1 body's still not great. It's not going to survive, but um, I like the flavor, like you said. I like that he, it looks like he's walking on pixie sticks. And uh, Yes, they do. <laughs> Barbershop holes, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think it'll be really powerful in like arena. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I, it'll, it might even be like a a, a da like a card that you put into aggro demon, the new version of whatever aggro demon hunter is. Which I don't yeah. know if that's gonna be good. Um, like you know, in in the meta, I don't know if it's gonna be good in against every other really good deck. Right. Because um, aggro hasn't been doing super great with all the AOE in the game, but. I, I it's probably it's probably worth a deck worth an inclusion in a deck that's pretty that has a lot of cheap cards like where it's easy to get the effect off because mm -hmm. if it whiffs it's kind of bad right like right it would be nice if it reduced it by one or something else but we're I'm just asking for too much I think from from every card but yeah I think I think it'll be an interesting add I'm kind of looking forward to see how people how people use it and how long it lasts. It's got to feel really good to have like a whole bunch of cards go off with that effect working out, you know, like, right. so imagine you have like a bladed lady in your hand, which I'm sure we'll get to, which is a, mm -hmm. a six cost card that costs one. If your attack is higher than six, um, imagine oh, it's right. like turn five and you like play the stilt stepper. So you're taking that risk on the stilts to see if you can get a card you can play. And then you hit a blade dance. Or you're not a blade dance, you hit a, a twin slice, you know? So you get that exact six. So it's like on turn five, you play stilt stepper and then you twin slice and then you drop a six, six Raj and then you hit him for six in the face. That's crazy. That, but you know, it could happen. And that's like what I would imagine feeling amazing with this card if it works, you know? It's just those yeah, yeah. giant payoff yeah. swings for the risk reward. And if you have a deck full of cheap cards, then three mana for draw a card and get four attack is pretty strong, even if the body wasn't there. So, um, so yeah, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to seeing this one uh, around. Yeah. Uh, next up is a legendary Zai the Incredible. It's a five mana five three with a battle cry. Copy the left and rightmost cards in your hand. Going back to Outcast, I guess. Yes, I think that's the where they are getting that effect from. It's not a very demon hunter effect, is it? No. You know, it's it's not at all. It's it's like a value effect, which is 
kind of peculiar. The only thing that's very Demon Hunter about this is that it's the left and it's the right. Um, I think this card is is like slept on like heavily. Like I'm pretty sure this card is uh, at least like a four out of five on most people's rating scales um, to me. Um, I would mm -hmm. say it's close to five because it kind of works in everything in, in, a, in a certain way, right? So in that deck we were talking about before in the beginning, the Ilganoth, OTK, draw through your whole deck, have a whole bunch of lifesteal things. Mm -hmm. Like this card is amazing to run because if you hit a Moarg and reduce it, you can like be like, okay, let me have another zero mana Moarg. Or let me have another Eldraki Warblades and a Soul Demon Hunter mirror against my opponent who only has one or two Eldraki Warblades. Now I have three or four, right. which is insane. You would that this card would potentially just win the entire game for you if you position it and hit the right cards. And uh, it's not and, really like you, you're sacrificing a lot of tempo either because you're still developing a body that needs to that be removed because a five attack minion is still kind of scary. Um, I agree. And Demon Hunter's already used to manipulating their hand, so getting the left and rightmost cards to be usable and then getting two cards for that you've of your choice basically uh for five mana is pretty darn strong so i i think we'll probably won't see him a lot early on until people figure out what they really want to use him for but by the end of the meta he'll be he'll be in pretty much anything yeah i imagine he's going to be in soul demon hunter aggro demon hunter and whatever meme decks people build for demon hunter to like the end of time now because uh, yeah. he just kind of makes things more consistent with whatever <laughs> you're trying to do you know yeah yeah you get your second cthune and it's over that is so crazy <laughs> to think about too that's one thing that uh ex that's excites me about the concept of building like a cthune demon hunter is because this guy can give you another one you know like, <laughs> crazy and oh did you know the re oh i before we go to the next one um do you know about what happens if you play them and you only have one card um, i would assume that you get the one card twice yeah you you get a triple version of the card so if you play this and you only oh. have like one cthune in your hand you have three cthunes <laughs> oh. oh nice um so so does that give you a golden version like in Battlegrounds that uh, has a double effect or anything? Here? I hope I hope that's <laughs> what happens if you get a triple with it. It's very very specific situation, but I think it's sweet that they like they made it so that okay, it doesn't just copy it once, but if you do right. arrange the circumstance to make it so that you only have one card in hand, you'll get 3 of it. So that's pretty exciting to to think about. It's it's it, it's playable with a lot of things. So you can get your hand completely wiped down and then um have a huge turn like you said so yeah definitely will be used in memes um but i think it's pretty strong even even outside of memes yeah it's incredible one with it um and the other crazy thing i was thinking about too it's like just imagine like you're playing aggro and your last card in your hand is a twin slice right so you right you just like you play zai and then you just created uh 12 damage of burst for six that's yeah. pretty cool yeah wow cool. and if you have them reduced from some other effect then they're free right because yep. it keeps the reductions so, so even better yeah. uh you referenced the bladed lady before she's a rare six mana six six demon minion with rush and it costs one if your hero has six or more attack i think this is the best card in the set oh really <laughs> 
Yeah. It's really, really crazy. Um, it has initiative. It's not that difficult for Demon Hunter to get to six attacks. So I agree. Um, you know, there's a lot to like here for one mana. <laughs> what Demon Hunter deck doesn't get over six attack multiple times in the game? Right. Know? Every single one of them that has ever came out, whether it's Odd Demon Hunter, Soul Demon Hunter, Aggro Demon Hunter, they all do that. Right. And uh, getting a 6-6 with Rush is uh, a minion that has instant board effect, and they it, it'll snowball the game to probably... Like, if you ever stick an Adapt, you win, usually, right? Right. And and an Adapt doesn't have Rush, and you're not playing it for one man, <laughs> usually. So right. this is better. Um, than the glaive bound adept in most circumstances. Um, and you could put this in soul demon hunter as well. Um, and now your philosophy that you get off of the wand makers. Now that card doesn't suck. Now uh -huh. you make another one of these. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> and you get two and possibly seven sevens then for one, which is even better. <laughs> yeah. So now the, the worst thing you could get off of wand maker and soul demon hunter now has a secondary huge benefit to you playing Soul Demon Hunter, which really buffs the deck if you think about it and makes yeah, you want yeah. to continue running Ron Makers. Um, I, I, when I was looking at how to include this card into the iterations of random Soul of Demon Hunter right now, um, it seems like the best thing to do was to uh, cut out the one Glaivan Adept that people usually run um, and cut out like, um, you know, um, what was the other two cards that we cut out? Um, I think it was like one of the pen flingers and another one of the flex cards. Then you input like two bladed ladies and a Zai. And I imagine that mm -hmm. will just be like this incredibly consistent, like horribly good soul demon hunter deck with, you know, double bladed ladies and Zai as well. So I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Next up is the insatiable Fellhound. It's a common three mana two five demon with taunt and corrupt gain plus one plus one and lifesteal. I, I mean, the, the stats are pretty amazing. It's like better than Tar Creeper without being corrupted. Right. And then you give it lifesteal and it has synergy with some other things that are going on. So, um, three, six taunt stats for three is, um, not, uh, is, is really good. <laughs> that is right. so good. Although corrupting it in a Demon Hunter deck's a little bit harder because there's so many cheap cards that you, you might, have a but there's enough draw i guess you're gonna draw into something bigger um and we'll assume that the bladed ladies count uh for their cost on board instead of what you paid for him right um for the corrupt effect i think this one has a little bit more potential to be played than uh even the weapon i would say that we're gonna probably cover next um mm -hmm. because this one if you there's raging fell screamer right the four mana four four where it's like uh, if you play this card, your next demon's cost is reduced by two. So mm -hmm. if you have that card and you like, I don't know, coin it out or even play it on four, you're reducing that thing to a one mana three, two, six five. that's corrupted. Yeah. That's powerful. You know, like uh, developing a four, four, and then maybe being able to coin out a one mana three, six lifesteal taunt is uh, a very powerful play. Um, enough to kind of like swing a game back in another direction, whether it's offensive or aggressive, it's, it's both in that circumstance. Cause they have to deal with a, a three, six taunt and have to potentially deal with healing you to get through it. True. True. And 
either healing you or dealing damage to their face, uh, one or the other, right? Yeah, no, I think that card has a lot of potential just because of the the card that corrupts it the most easiest is the Raging Fell Screamer, and it has really big synergy with it. So, um, I don't, yeah, I don't know, I don't know exactly what the package looks like yet, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll develop over time, right? right. Uh, next up is the Fell Steel Executioner. It's an epic three mana four three elemental minion uh, with corrupt to become a weapon. This card's crazy, man. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, it's, I mean, it's it's even good if you don't corrupt it, right? So. It's not bad, right? Like three mana four three is kind of like frozen shadow weaver without the freeze effect, which we run, you know. And if you're right. playing against like a druid or something, you would generally in an aggro demon hunter deck, you would just you know throw it on the board, freeze their face, or do whatever. It doesn't really have much of an effect, but you're just playing it for the stats. Um, and, and this card has that ability. I mean, I feel like if you run this card in your deck, though, like you don't, you don't, you don't actually want to play it as a minion because it's right, like right, twelve damage over three turns that you um, get to start right away. I, absolutely, uh, the corrupt yeah, is the better option. Yeah, it's the most powerful. Like, I guess if you think about the mana cost in its corrupted form, you know, without like just completely ignoring the condition that has to be met, mm -hmm. uh, this, this card is the most powerful weapon that's ever been printed um, right i mean they even had to raise the uh, the warriors uh three two to three mana because people were complaining it was too strong so add plus one plus one to that for the same cost and um that's crazy it's pretty crazy Absolutely. um <laughs> but uh yeah the, the other thing is the question is though it's like it, it's it's the whole corrupting thing that's the hard part about this card where mm -hmm. we have to play a card that costs four or five or six to turn it into that and then is it is it super good if you're playing this four three weapon on turn five or turn four um and that's the most optimistic circumstances where most likely if we're corrupting it it would be something later on around turn six maybe turn seven and then what does that deck look like is it an aggressive deck is it uh i mean the one thing that's very powerful with this card that it makes me think a lot is blade dance because yeah. um with the prop one of the issues you struggle with sometimes when you're playing soul demon hunter is uh making sure you have your weapon charge for the turn mm -hmm. that you need to have the blade dance reach a very high health minion right and this card is a cheaper version of that exact weapon with another durability so you have a whole nother turn to have your blade dance reach um makes sense which is pretty flexible um mm -hmm. but yeah i don't entirely know what package is built into this and i wonder and, and i wonder if this card is so powerful that it's the the new aggressive demon hunter decks build around card you know where mm -hmm. everything is built to just make fell steel executioner get the most amount of value um because it gets you really close to the bladed lady too so you know yeah. uh, there's a lot of synergies that can be used with this i didn't even think about the extra uh, the extra uh, durability on the weapon um helping you with the blade dances so that's that's really great insight and kind of makes me think it's even more powerful than i originally thought that's why we do these to get that great yeah. feedback i have you seen the art of the uh the corrupted fell seal executioner uh no i haven't it's so have cool it it's probably my favorite art in the entire um entire probably set. in the entire madness of dark moon fair thing it's like this adorable little skull war blade with like tentacles coming out of it it looks very tim burton and i love it oh nice 
Yeah, I'll have to edit that in then uh, so okay. that people that watch on YouTube will see, be able to see it. Otherwise, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, definitely go look for the corrupted Fellsteel Executioner. It's very cool. Uh, next up is Fellscream Blast, a common one mana spell with life steal, deal one damage to a minion and its neighbors. Um, I mean, this is going to be coming out of wand makers, whether we like it or not, guy. <laughs> right. You're probably <laughs> not going to run it main, right? But that's not yeah, bad. I, it's three damage and three heal. So it's pretty good in some certain matchups too. Like yeah. if you're playing a hunter or a paladin or pretty much or like an aggro demon hunter, and you find this off of your wand maker. You know, that's uh that's heal three, you know, do three little pings. You might kill some stuff. If you run pen flingers, it's a really nice weave. Um, huh? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think you ever hard run it, though, because I was thinking about, um, you know, the best way to get those damage bursts with the lifesteal deck, like we were talking about in the beginning, like built around Ilganoth. Um, and it made me think like, okay, do you run fell screen blast in that deck as like a one mana spell to do damage to your opponent? Um, and then I was thinking like, okay, you can hit your own minions with it. So if you do play Moarg, 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 and you can shoot your all three Moargs, but the more I thought about it, uh, it, it doesn't really seem worth bringing unless you're running like spell damage cards, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Because, duplicating one like because moarg doubles the amount of damage that lifesteal does and if you're doubling one that's two and then if you drop another one that's four so you would need to have like a lot of things to hit with these things and a bunch <laughs> right. to actually get it to the very scary amount of damage good point and there's not enough other um direct damage spells i mean there are in demon hunter don't get me wrong but most of them aren't face or things like that that will um make worth make it worth adding spell damage minions as much as they want that to be a thing for everybody else i don't think demon hunter is the place for it we have ran um what's his name uh blood mage thalnos before yeah and he with this card is awesome, but I I don't know. You know, like yeah. that's so yeah, specific. Yeah. Very specific. <laughs> Maybe you'll have someone build around it for memes. <laughs> uh, next up is the Throw Glaive, a rare one mana spell. Uh, deal two damage to a minion. If it dies, add a temporary copy of this to your hand. Yeah, so this card's so hard to raid. Um, <laughs> guy, uh, because... The, the echo effect means that there are a lot of really broken things that people could potentially make happen with this card. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if I'm seeing them or not, you know, um, with just thinking about like, how do I like, cause if you use altruist with this card, um, and like a pen flinger, like you can oh, just yeah. go with them, you know? like, <laughs> assuming you can hit minions with them every turn, which is the conditional effect. But that's crazy to think about where it's like, if your opponent had like a board of like, you know, one health, two health, three health, four health, five health, and you could just keep hitting the things, um, you could just go like throw glaive pen fling or throw a pen, and it would eventually like you would just be doing AOE damage to everything the entire time. And that's crazy, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so conditional. It's uh, right. I imagine this card will come off of wand makers exactly. and people will find ways to use it in um, beneficial ways for themselves and it will be a normal part of the game that we have to think about like did they find a glaive throw a glaive because i have 
four two health minions on the board and if that one maker from the previous turn gave him a throw glaive then that devastates this turn you know and um, and there is a achievement for using the throw glaive to kill five minions on a turn so um there will be achievement hunters that probably hard run it just for that at least initially uh as people are trying to maximize their their great. xp so yeah definitely something you have to play around it'll be interesting to see um it seems like it's a pretty decent clear for pretty low cost and has such great synergy with the pen flingers in particular. Uh, that's the first thing I thought of when I saw it was, oh boy, that's just a high APM turn of pen flinger, pen flinger, throw glaive, pen flinger, pen flinger, throw glaive, pen flinger, pen flinger. Um, I guess you have to have enough minions though. So there's still some, <laughs> some things to play around. You but. hit your own stuff. You know, yeah, yeah. not mm -hmm. like better, I guess, you know, like even though you right. don't have to hit their minions to get a return to your hand, like you could be like, all right, I'll kill that now. Give it back. You know, that's like, a good point. Hey, maybe we can use this in token demon hunter to kill off our own uh, tokens and have the, the wrath scale Naga actually hit face. <laughs> that's crazy. That's an, uh, such a good idea, guy. So you, so you play all the minions out, then you put the wrath scale, then you use throw glaive to kill all your own stuff. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Especially if you manage to like weave pen flingers in between them. Whereas if you're like pen flinger, kill that token, pen flinger, kill that token, pen flinger, kill that token. Cause then every time you do it, you would be doing what, like four damage to your opponent per minute? <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> it's beautiful. Love it. Redeemed Pariah is a common two mana two three. After you play an outcast card, gain plus one plus one. So. I don't know if I missed these moments of the live review streams, but everyone kind of thinks that the whole outcast package kind of works um, really? in like an aggressive point. Have you seen this? No. Yeah. So running, people are talking about running redeem pariah with line cutter and dreadlords bite, which we're going to see probably upcoming next. Um, and I originally looked at this card. I was like, okay, cool. It's got the river croc body and it's got like a worse questing yeah. adventure effect. It's yeah, pretty much what it is, right? Like, right. Um, I don't really. I mean, I get how cards that um, have what is the word um, where their effect builds every turn, where they um, scaling cards. When cards mm -hmm. scale like this, that means things can go out of your opponent's removal reach, and you can just win the game very early on, and that's amazing. Um, I don't feel like there's enough awesome outcast cards to throw in your deck with this thing to make it that scary. Um, however, people in the live reveal streams have been saying that the aggressive forms of demon hunter that they've been seeing that are running off of outcast energy have been proven to be fairly scary and fast. Hmm. Um, so that's exciting, I guess. I guess it really comes down to who's running removal for three health minions and can deal with these things and not. But I, I personally don't think this card's going to be good in the long run. I gave it like a two out of five. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you just because I find I don't play a whole lot of outcast cards and those that I do tend to be the more expensive ones um, unless you discover them off of one thief or, um, right. or you know any other um, specific cases that you've added them to decks for so playing enough of them to make it better than other cards at the same slot is kind of tough i'd rather have spells or or um 
or more aggressive demons, I guess, uh, at this at this point, rather than run a bunch of outcast cards in the hopes that you can cast them uh, soon after playing this. So uh, it seems a little slow to for me. Uh, and same thing, just not enough early outcast cards to make it worth it. Um, but right. we'll see. We'll see if the if the internet thinks differently. They'll make it work and prove us wrong, right? Yeah, it's true. Acrobats, a common three-mana spell. Draw two cards. If you play both this turn, draw two more. Three-mana draw four seems good. Yeah, seems <laughs> really good. Um, I mean, Acrobatics is going to get... We're, we're going to see a ton of this card. This card is good. You know, it's and, and, and without the upside, it's an Arcane Intellect, which mm-hmm. age runs now. Um, yes, at its base stats, Spectral Sights outcasted is better i guess because it's one mana right. cheaper um but this card's less conditional um and uh the upside of it is really really good if it's later on in the game and you're able to meet that criteria of playing those other two cards in the turn um i think the most important thing to realize though is that there being another acrobatics in demon hunter as i was saying when you're we talking about ilganoth it brings demon hunter to this level where it has a colossal amount of draw in the entire list of cards now like you know mm-hmm. like you can run acrobatic spectral sight crimson sigil runner consume magic chaos strike skull of Gul'dan. like you can just put all these cards in deck and draw through your whole deck and historically as we've played hearthstone i'm sure you remember this as well guy when a deck is able to draw through its entire deck really fast that usually means there's it's incredibly powerful yeah um, so we'll have miracle demon hunter it, there's there's going to be something that's done with the ability of going through the deck really, really, really fast and then doing something really, really, really degenerate. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know if that's going to involve Ilganoth, if that's going to involve Chef Nomi and some mana burns. I don't know. Um, but uh, <laughs> we shall see soon. Yeah, I, I think it's peculiar they gave it even more draw and especially one that's as powerful as that one because that one right, right there can keep it go- cycling really hard. Like imagine like you get to turn seven and you're just like, okay, acrobatics. Then you're like, oh, cool. Spectral sights. And then I'll use my other consume magic that I drew off of that. And you just like cycled through like seven cards in a turn. And that's very possible. Yeah. Yeah. And all of it adding to your attack makes it pretty scary for sure. Yeah. Oh, uh, cool. Dreadlord's bite is a common three mana weapon for a, uh, Three attack, two uh, durability. Outcast, deal one damage to all enemies. Fiery War Axe with uh, Dreadlord, with which was, uh, what was that card? The in- Impeccable Dreadlord with a, the Warlock card, the 4-5 with the one mana burn thing. It was it was a, a Knights of a Frozen Throne card. Hmm. I guess it, it didn't do face damage, did it? No, it's different. Um, I think it's interesting that they're using like a, a demon from Warlock to be the theme interest of this card. Right. Um, but uh, as I was saying about Pariah, I don't really think this little aggressive outcast package is going to work. Um, I mean, like the benefit of outcasting this card is you get like a one damage to the whole enemy thing. So it hits their face. The fact mm-hmm. that it hits their face makes this card a little bit cooler because if you outcast it, that's four face damage for three, which is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this card would exist in metas 
where you were playing against other aggressive decks, you know, like playing against the Paladin decks. And when you think about all the Paladin cards now that are coming out, it's all about like divine shields on, mm -hmm. on dudes. And this card essentially takes care of all the divine shields on dudes. But, that, but then when you think about it and you're, and you're like, okay, I need to bring a card to get rid of all the Paladin guys and the, the tokens and the one mana cards that come out and, they, and that cheap break point like Dreadlord's Bite, and you think, why don't I just run Immolation Aura? That right. will deal both levels. And kill it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I don't necessarily think that this card is great. Um, I don't really. I mean, if, if the Outcast Synergy with the Pariah and the other card is at this point that I just don't understand where it's incredibly powerful and you can just kind of go off in this miracle way where you you know play a whole bunch of Outcast cards real fast that are all reduced in cost and draw more. If that works... I'm willing to say I, I, you know, I was wrong. But, you know. I, I, I see it as a good card, um, but when you compare it to the um, to the corrupt one that becomes a weapon, um, you know, it's the same cost for better stats on the other one, um, and yeah, you have so many other weapons available to Demon Hunter. This one probably doesn't make the cut unless there's some big meta swing where the Divine Shield. Uh, Paladin takes over, and then you might still, you might have this as a second uh, immolation aura, uh, but that's really heavily mana or uh, meta dependent. You might also see it teched into some uh, tourney decks, depending on what the most powerful um, uh, curve is. Yeah, curves are so. Uh, I, I don't think it's a bad card by any stretch. It's just maybe not good enough for uh, what we've been seeing uh, from Demon Hunter lately. Yeah, I feel like if my objective was to kill my opponent faster, I'd probably want to use a different weapon in Demon Hunter. Yeah, or exactly. if my objective was to control the board more, I'd probably want something different as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Line Hopper is a common three mana, three, four. Without your outcast co cards cost one less. The the flavor in text on this card is uh it's pretty funny. It's uh there are two things demon hunters know: hopping and cutting. <laughs> it is cutting in line. I get it. I like it. I love it. I, I really like the flavor of this whole set. Uh, I think this is my favorite. I know a lot of people were excited about the Harry Potter style theme, but the Dark Moon Fair in World of Warcraft has always been. Uh, near and dear to my heart and then just circus in general is a, such a fun theme um i just Me yeah too. while we're talking about the themes this is that's why i'm loving this set the most of all yeah yeah my my old band that i was in and stuff like we used to theme things a lot to like carnival circusy like uh, darkness uh -huh. stuff like that so this whole entire expansion is just like i feel like it's the most me hearthstone expansion ever and i i'm glad you feel the same way <laughs> excellent <laughs> Yeah. So uh, this, I, I guess, is uh, more going back to if the outcast is as strong as others have said, then this will probably see a lot of play. It's actually decent stats at uh, three mana, three, four. So, um, you know, it's not going to clog up your deck as something that you would never use anyway. Um, really good in arena. Yeah, it's like the best of the outcast package, right? Because this mm -hmm. one gives mana reduction, you know, right. and that's all it's historically good. Um I, 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 like I said, you know, with the other cards, I don't know if, if the, if it works, but if it does work, it's because of this card. 
right. because of Linehopper. This one is the most powerful one of the whole Outcast package where like Dreadlord's Bite, if that was two, I would play that. You know, that's better than Umberwing. That's a uh, six damage burst with an AOE potentially. Um, but I don't know how you could get to like just, you know, use all of those cards at once in a way that's going to... Yeah. Well, fortunately, these are you don't have to be in the outcast position for it to cost less. So, you know, you can still get some value. Um, Pariah is the same way. That's notable as well. You know, you don't have to outcast the card to get her to grow. So, um, this it's less conditional of a card. But yeah, I I think it really comes down to whether or not the set is great. You know. Yeah. Uh, so Relentless Pursuit is a three-mana common spell. Give your hero plus four attack and immune this turn. I think this is probably the worst card out of all of the ones in the set. Mm -hmm. um, uh, just, I mean, you'd never run this, you know, because why not just run a Twin Slice, which will have synergy with everything else you're doing in a more flexible way and be more damage for the mana. Um, we never wanted Blur, you know, and Demon Hunter doesn't want to hit minions, so... Why do you care about being immune? You want to hit their face. No. Yeah, I, I, I think the idea might have been to to uh, synergize with the Ilganoth where you're not getting the, the life uh, steal back to your face. So in those situations where you're just trying to put in the last damage and uh, clean up their board a little bit, then the immune might be worth running. Uh, but I tend to agree. Three mana for just a plus four uh, that is more removal to the face. You can do better than three mana, four damage to a minion, um, regardless of how it's, uh, how it's applied. The flavor text for this one's also great. It's if you steal a demon hunter's corn dog, you'll get what's coming. <laughs> Relentless pursuit, you know? Um, the one thing that is interesting to talk about, about that card, uh, is it does increase the power of, uh, you know, um, spell discovery cards because that's burst damage that you can find out of a scoundrel yeah. or like an onyx mage scribe where you know you're like okay i need a certain amount to get to where i need to get to um mm -hmm. and this card being in the pool it makes you know finding damage um even more consistent um yeah yeah you're not gonna necessarily hate getting it there's definitely worse cards that you could discover so but hard running it for sure is questionable very uh, case dependent yeah, I don't know why you would ever do that with the options we have. The other cards have to not be in the pool to choose this one, you know? Right. All right, on to the meme and the neutral that we are going to talk about. Cthune the Shattered. It's a 10-mana legendary 6-6. Six, six. Start of the game, break it into pieces. Battle cry, deal 30 damage, randomly split among all enemies. So when you break it into pieces, uh, it gives you four different pieces. Uh, that you need to play. Once you play all of them, then you get Cthune in your hand. Uh, the four pieces are the body of Cthune. It's a five mana uh, piece of Cthune. Summon a six six Cthune body with taunt. Um, so that's a six mana six six that costs five through the spell. Uh, the eye of Cthune is a five mana piece of Cthune. Uh, deal seven damage randomly split among all enemies. The heart of Cthune is a five mana spell. Deal three damage to all minions, and the Maw of Cthune, a five damage, destroy a minion. And you have to play all of those to get Cthune. So what do you think of this one, and how do you think it's going to be used in Demon Hunter? Oh, uh, I, I hope that this works in Demon Hunter. Now, I'm not sure it will. 
you know, because it's it's a pretty greedy card. I think it is the most fun old god, um, mm -hmm. even out, outside of Yogg, which allows you to spin the wheel, which is pretty exciting as well. Right. Uh, but this one, it's like, you know, you shuffle all the pieces and you find them. Demon Hunter can last a long time without dying. And one thing Demon Hunter doesn't usually need to do is uh, find more burst damage. But the thing Demon Hunter also got now is Zai, where mm -hmm. you can duplicate a card in your hand. And I, I feel like people will really enjoy running Cthune in Demon Hunter, whether or not it works, just for the ability of consistently duplicating Cthune. Um, and that's right. kind of exciting. Not many other classes have that ability to copy the card in hand, you know, that they right. want. Other than like maybe Druid and that package probably would be so much harder to weave into Druid with the other cards they need to run. So, um, and you draw enough that you'll be sure to get all of the the pieces and get them active uh, quickly. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm definitely gonna have a good time uh, trying to make this work. I now I don't know if it's gonna be incredibly powerful, but I know that I will spend a long time trying to make Cthulhu Demon Hunter work. But I think if any old god or if any of the neutral, you know, like legendary cards fit into the demon hunter deck um it, it's either going to be Cthune or it's going to be um yog yog because you often mm -hmm. play more than spells in demon hunter but at the same time demon hunter cares so much about like hand management mm -hmm. that you don't want a 10 drop because drawing right. it early on can just wreck your whole hand management game up um but at least this card even though it's a 10 drop you only have five drops in the deck until you create Cthulhu. So for the entire perspective of the game where you're, you care about, you know, being able to do hand management, it's not a 10 drop card. It's not a right. 10 drop card until you played all the other ones. And then at that point, it's you're probably in a, a situation where you can play a 10 mana card. So, right. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. And there's also an achievement for killing your opponent from full health with a Cthulhu the Shattered. So, um, more of a reason to run it. I'm sure we're going to see it in a lot of different classes, but Demon Hunter seems like uh, one you've you've inspired me. I'll probably try it with uh, with your deck, your Cthulhu deck first, um, just because of how much success I've had with it. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, that's the end of the Demon Hunter cards. Draco Cat, I really do appreciate you uh, joining me here today and going through this, sharing your expertise. Uh, any final thoughts? Uh, like, how can we get in touch with you if we want to tell you that you're very right or very wrong about any of this? Um, please share. Oh, well, I stream on Twitch every weekday at 8.30 a.m. Eastern time. So you can always visit me for Vengeance for Breakfast and tell me what you think. Um, other than that, though, I don't really have much uh, I need to comment on or mention. I just want to say thank you for having me on as your Demon Hunter expert today. Mr. Grumpy, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, you also do write articles uh, on your Discord and on Reddit, right? So uh, there's do, other yeah. places that we can find you and find the information. I think people are going to want your deck list. I recommend his Discord. You can find that by going to his Twitch and... Uh, running the commands or looking at his panels um, but we'll also include links in the show notes if that's okay draco yes please link the uh the demon hunter discord we have a very very awesome discord community and i'm happy to link that so perfect <laughs> yes. all right well thank you again and have a fantastic day and good luck with the new expansion thank you and you as well have a great one Bye -bye. My dream.
druid expert today is Flying Kraken. Welcome to the hey, show. Nice to be on the show. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, would you care to introduce yourself? Uh, things like how long you've been playing, what draws you specifically to the druid class, and then uh, any of your Hearthstone accomplishments? Uh, yes, hi everybody. I am Flying Kraken and American Hearthstone. And uh, I've been playing Hearthstone since 2013 in the open beta. Uh, the Druid class like was something I was drawn to because I played WoW, and uh, I played Druid and WoW a lot. And also, it was the class that that ramped and played big, big minions. Mm -hmm. And when I played other card games, I also did similar similar things. Makes sense. So it's just a really familiar uh, style yeah. then, and um. I, th I think the ramp is something that kind of is carried over from things like magic. Yeah, because I'm a stuff that I, I always I'm a, I'm a former magic uh, gathering pro. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, oh, okay. that's where I came from. Yeah, nice. So we've really got an expert in card games in general as well as uh, druid. So that should be really insightful. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but this wouldn't be the happy Hearthstone without asking you to share some of the happiness that you've been finding lately. So what's been making you happy? Oh, uh, just a new set coming out. Oh, I enjoy the fall time because the weather is the weather. Um, yeah. And where, where are you based that the weather is uh, nice? Southern Alabama. Oh, OK. Yeah. So it's cooling off a little bit finally. And um yeah, I love the fall as well. I'm up in Portland, Oregon area, so it's a little rainy now, but still the colors changing and things are part of my yeah. The weather energy. we like it around here when it gets fall because it gets it goes from being 195 degrees constantly to about 75. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the yeah. perfect weather, right? So, so I got to ask, uh, do you wear a sweater in 75 no, degrees? No, I, I don't actually own a lot of no. cold weather clothing. Right, right. <laughs> but when my sister lived in Texas, then uh, she lost her cold bloodedness, I guess, and uh, would start to wear wear her sweater when it got to like 75, 80 degrees. And we're like, that's hot. But anyway, let's jump right in. We're here to talk about druids. So let's start with Kiri, Chosen of a Loon, a legendary 4-mana 2-2 two -two minion with a battle cry, add a solar eclipse and a lunar eclipse so to your hand. Kiri is very interesting because the body itself on the minion is not very good. It's, it's almost kind of laughable. Mm -hmm. Especially yeah. for 4-mana. So that makes the, the whole card's like value based upon what it creates. And I, I have pretty high, high opinions on the eclipses. So I think this card mm -hmm. could be very flexible on a lot of Druid decks. Mm -hmm. So let's go look at what those Eclipses are then. Uh, so starting with the Lunar Eclipse. It's a two-mana common spell. Deal three damage to a minion. Your next spell this turn costs two less. This card, to me, is possibly the best Druid card of the set. It's it's very, oh, wow. very good. It's very flexible. flexible. It does what it does. Like, it doesn't do anything ever shiny, but it's like the glue of the deck. And you're going you're gonna to slot this in a lot in a lot of decks just because it does its job very well. And you're never at the end of the game going to say, oh, this is, the reason, this is the reason why I won the game. But it's always going to help you get there. 
yeah i mean you basically it's a two mana deal three damage to a minion which is not bad uh, and then having having it have a bonus effect on top of that and you could possibly have three of them with the uh, kiri and it's gonna make a lot so. of your turns more efficient um because a lot of the problems with ramp decks with druid is that you have to take the entire turn off the ramp and so now mm -hmm. you can cast this is kill their minion and overgrowth or cast oh, this yeah. this and wild growth or or, or uh, cast the solar eclipse this and uh, and go from there so the solar eclipse is a common uh two mana spell your next spell this turn casts twice yeah this card is a little bit more interesting uh i don't like that like the ability of the card is very is powerful but I don't think they're going to be playing a lot of copies main deck unless you're a combo deck. You may run one mm -hmm. and have the second copy come from Kiri. Because mm -hmm. you can do so much with this. It's like the early game, if you have six mana, you can double ramp. Or in the late game, you can cast uh, any big spell for twice. You're you're obviously a druid player when you're saying in the early game with six. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's uh that's our early game, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, we have guess the weight. It's an epic two mana spell. Draw a card. Guess if your next card costs more or less to draw it. So this is a very like funny card. Um, mm -hmm. I think it goes very well specifically in big druid. A deck we haven't seen popular in a long time, but I think can make a comeback with the set. Uh, because mm -hmm. a problem uh, on the old Big Druid was they didn't have any card draw, and they tried to play Overflow, but they weren't playing a lot of cards from their hand, so they wouldn't have enough room to Overflow in general. And this mm -hmm. allows them to cheaply draw cards. Does yeah. Yeah, not that Druid needs a lot of help in drawing cards, but it, it is pretty early, and like you said, in a big big Druid deck or an Embiggen deck, then if you have this early and uh, you can draw something, usually guess yeah, correctly. Yeah, it's probably the right? easier if, if most your deck is pretty big, I guess. Yeah, and possibly getting two cards is... Uh, it's a little fun aspect, know. too, a little carnival game. Yeah, and there's an achievement for uh, for using guest the oh, way frequently. Is. So, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for those achievement hunters out there, uh, you're gonna get comfy with this card and make sure that you guess it correctly as often as you can. <laughs> uh, next up is Graybow. He's a legendary five mana four six taunt with death rattle. Give a random friendly minion death rattle. Summon Graybow. So this card, I think, could see a lot of play, play, but I'm not exactly sure in what deck. Like, the stats and the mana costs are pretty good for what it does. But, mm -hmm. like, obviously, if you want to use use its death rattle to the grace effect, you need to be playing a lot of things. And, uh, yeah. It's not hard for Druid to get a nice... Uh big board either though that can hide behind the taunt so yeah, and we uh, still have yeah. and having the recursion then it's pretty we it's still pretty have trent good. support so maybe yeah 
it's kind of kind of a shame he's not a Trent. Yeah, himself, I don't. Yeah, I don't really understand but... why Trent's not a like a minion type. Yeah, they. I I think they talked about it once before, saying that they just want to keep it consistent as all treants are two twos and stuff like that. So that's probably part of it. But he sure looks like a tree. I would think so. <laughs> uh, next up is the fizzy elemental. He's a rare uh, nine mana ten ten elemental with rush and taunt. So I think this card may seem a little lackluster on its face to some people. But I think it may pay may or may play an important part of Big Druid going forward. Uh because I think Big Druid is gonna be able to play Nazoth. And this is it's something really good to get off Nazoth. Yeah. He's uh and he's got initiative, probably takes out a minion on the turn that you play it. He protects your face, so even if he doesn't take out a minion, then uh, right away, then he protects you from other yeah. things. He's a little expensive with nine mana, but uh, you know Druid gets there so fast that you know it could be a huge early game. At yeah, eight he, mana. he 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 Druid. protects, he hits, he attacks, he comes back, like <laughs> yeah, he yeah. does everything. Next up is the Scenarian Ward. It's an Epic spell for eight mana, gain eight armor, summon a random eight cost minion. So this is a uh, kind of seems... one of those highlight cards that's set for Druid. I get, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, you're probably going to see this in some form of spell, Druid and Big Druid. Big Druid had this prob problem where they would play their big minion but have no way to stay alive, and eight armors a lot. Yeah, it sure is. Especially if you can get it for free off of uh, Kael'thas or something also, like that. Also, eight cost minions are like the best random minions you could get, as we saw with like Mana Giant Conjurers. Mm -hmm. That's true. It's It seems like uh, Warrior had one that was very similar to this, but only four armor and a four cost minion in a previous set. So it's kind of interesting to see that same mechanic creep into right. Druid. Uh, next up is the Fair Arborist. He's a common 3-mana 2-2 two -two with a choose 1 effect. Draw a card or summon a 2-2 two -two Treant with a corrupt effect of do both. This card for me is hard to evaluate. It's like a 3-mana 4-4 four -four is not bad. A 3-mana draw 1 is not bad. But like, where is this going? And it could be in token, maybe some kind of mid-range Druid. Treant, yeah. Druid, make it. They're still. It makes a treant. That's right. Yeah. And uh, honestly, it's going to be easy to corrupt too. So you're more likely to get both effects anyway, which then makes it. Yeah, I, I pretty think strong. the three mana corrupt is a good mana cost for corrupt and druid, because a lot of times they're just ramping the four and playing overgrowth. Yep. Exactly. Uh, Moon Touched Amulet is a three mana rare spell. Give your hero plus four attack this turn and corrupt and gain six armor. So this card is very reminiscent uh, of the other three drop card from the old Olga set. I don't remember the name of it, but it was three mana get plus four attack or get eight armor. 
and you would use it with mm-hmm. Fandral to do both. And while this is only six armor, I think the corrupt is a lot easier to do than do both. So mm-hmm. I think this could be yeah. Then have to have a separate yeah card. Yeah. yeah. And uh, again, at three mana, then it's easy to corrupt. So, do you think it'll see a lot of play? I don't recall the uh, the old spell really seeing a, it. A it ton. was a pretty staple in Druid for a while, um, just because it's a way to stay alive. And I, I think yeah. this card is pretty important important for maybe like a big Druid, or maybe as a one of in some spell decks. Makes sense, and it does give you initiative, so you can attack with it. And um, I, I, I really see this. Uh, this one was just kind of screaming at me as a duels card that uh, it'll be in a lot of buckets and and kind of an add on to whatever else you're getting. And um, so I see it used a lot there. Um, I was kind of figuring not as much in in standard, but. You know, like you said, it gives you survivability. Yeah, so the survivability we'll just allows you to take turns off and play big things. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up is the Umbral Owl. It's a rare seven mana four four beast minion uh, with rush, and it costs one less for each spell you've cast this game. So I like this card a lot. Uh, yeah, oh, really? it seems like another corridor creeper in a way. Uh, yeah. So what cost do you think you'll normally be casting Zero. this at then? Uh, yeah, because... Oh, really? You yeah, think you're going to yeah, play seven spells spell before, yeah. and stuff like that? They have, like, nature studies, the new lunar eclipse, that, and you're casting three, four spells a turn. And when you oh, go off mm-hmm. with Kael'thas, and you play Overflow, and you Innervate, and you Lightning Bloom, when you kill their thing, and then you Survival, and this thing's a 0 mana 8 Rush... <laughs> Um, I, I don't think I, a lot, a lot of people have been trying to put this in a lot of decks. I think <clears throat> specifically this goes in a Kael'thas deck or a survival deck. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So have you already theory crafted around it? I'm, I'm curious to, to check your, your deck. Yeah, I, I've put it in a lot of Mount Cellar, Kael'thas survival decks. Oh, mm-hmm. I also think it just like slots into the old Druid decks anyway. Nice. All right. Well, we'll we'll get your links uh, at the end. Um, all right. So we're on to some uh, neutrals. Then uh, you've chosen the strong man, who's a common seven mana six six taunt with corrupt. This costs zero. So I think this could see play in a lot of different druid decks. I think that. <clears throat> Sorry. I think that there's going to be a lot of Druid decks that are just playing free things. It, like this mm-hmm. card's going to be free a lot from Guardian Animal Animals or Scenarium Ward, or if you play any big Druid minion like Fizzy Elemental, and like mm-hmm. there's going to be so much free stuff to play in Druid. It kind of worries me a little bit. You're going to have like Strongman, a Nibbles yeah. Defender, Umbral Owl. You ramp up, but then don't need mana. Right, basically. You just play one big spell, and you're playing a bunch of th- free things. Interesting. Mm. This is the first 
first one, first time I've really thought of strongman as especially useful because I've just been frightened by the cost and being able to corrupt it. But it makes sense that you you mentioned a lot of great cards that are higher cost that you would play and in survival. Druid, so, um, yeah. yeah, it's a little late for survival because um, it's still going to cost the the seven. But I guess again, if early game in Druid is six, then maybe that's not. Maybe that's not the case. <laughs> uh, Carnival Clown is an epic nine mana four four with taunt. Uh, Battle cry summon two minions of this. Corrupt. Fill your board with copies. So this guy is not bad on his own as 12, 12 stats over three bodies, and it has taunt, so protection right. protects you. But the deck that people were testing this, testing this out in is like a Yasharaj Druid. Where you play survival mm-hmm. and you get a board full of eight eights and strongmen, and then later in the game you can play Yasharaj and get him back. But when they when they come back, they're just four fours, though, right? They don't right. But if they, if you still fill your board, yeah. you're gonna have Yasharaj and a board full of four fours, so you're gonna have like close to thirty yeah. something stat something stats. Yeah, and there's achievement for it. <laughs> to fill your board with the carnival clown. So I, I definitely think he's going to see a lot of play even at nine mana for, for four fours or uh, assuming you have the board space for 12, 12 in stats. Um, he's, he's just a fun card that kind of protects you at the end of the game and gives you that last chance to survive. Yeah. If you get um, to play him, I, I'm kind of excited to play, with, play him in pretty much every class. Yeah. So, And last, Nazoth, God of the Deep. Legendary, 10 mana, 5-7 with the battle cry. Resurrect a friendly minion of each minion type. So when they spoiled the old gods, I'm pretty sure Druid might have been the last class people thought Nazoth could go in. Um, yeah. But Big Druid actually takes advantage of his card very well because you have Fizzy Elemental as the Elemental. You have Emerald Explorer and Ysera as the dragon. You have the new Amalgam that can be any type. And you have... Uh, what's the Reborn minion for Druid? The Taunt 6-8. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Beast. The beast uh, is... The yeah, so that's one, a Beast yeah. in, in the deck. And it... But Murloc would. I mean, the amalgam's gonna be Murloc too. Well, I figured the amalgam's gonna be the totem. I mean, yeah, it... uh, just because there, there's an achievement to get six different minion types uh, from the Zoth, so gotta start thinking about those too. Yeah, because the deck could also run a mech, so you could have the amalgams be your totem and your Murloc if you if both die. Mm-hmm. Probably not enough to run the totem. Um, <laughs> yeah, get that two two back. <laughs> it has yeah. rusty, probably maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. And uh, that's all that we had to, to talk about. What are your thoughts overall? Does anything change for Druid? Are there new archetypes that you're expecting to pop up, um, or is it more just uh, support for old archetypes and? Um, uh, I, yeah, just general. I thoughts. think that there's going to be some people trying new decks, like me with like with Yashrash Druid, Nazoth, Big Druid, 
I don't know exactly if the power level of these these decks are good enough to overcome the pasture decks like Guardian Animals and Kael'thas. Mm-hmm. Uh, because those decks also got new cards, so I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not really sure, but I do think Druid got a lot of like effective cards in it. Yeah, I'm definitely looking looking forward to some of the Eclipse decks. Um, I don't know that they'll be called Eclipse decks, but I, I just feel like you can build around those more than than most cards that we've seen. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of excited. I think when slotting goes. those cards in, they're going to be like, "Oh, I'm going to build a Druid deck." Okay, first we put in the Eclipse co- Eclipse cards. You know. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, that kind of wraps up our Druid. Thank you so much for being part of this and uh, uh, doing the review with me uh, for the Happy Hearthstone. Uh, can you share where people might be able to find you and uh, get your new decks and make comments to say how right or wrong you were? <laughs> uh, well, on Twitch, you can follow me at Flying Crack and Crack and HS. And on Twitter, you can follow me at Crack and Flying. And in both cases, we'll put that in the show notes so you'll be able to find it a little bit easier. Um, Thanks again, Kraken. My rogue expert today is Pocket Aces. Pocket, welcome to the show. Would you care to introduce yourself? Like, how long you've been playing Hearthstone, what draws you to rogue, some of your Hearthstone accomplishments, etc. Sure, sure. Um, thanks for having me. So, I have been playing Hearthstone for, I guess, a little over a year. I'm 14 months now, so hasn't been too long, but I have no. delved, uh, di- dived? No? Head first in. Um, so I, I play every day for multiple hours. I think uh, yeah, a lot of people know that I stream. So what drew me to Rogue specifically, though, is um, I think Galakrond's Awakening was when I really started getting into it. But there's something about just like the versatility of the class. It just feels like you're almost never stuck, right? You have the ability to either discover things or um, just like generate resources sometimes out of thin air, which I know opponents don't <laughs> like all the time, but um, it's, it's just a class where I, I feel like it gives me a lot of options. And so for someone who's like a pretty risk averse player, um, that's a, a pretty appealing uh, kind of trait. Absolutely. So it wouldn't be the happy Hearthstone without asking you to share some of the happiness that you've been finding in life lately. So what has been making you happy? Yeah, yeah. So I, I have I have two quick things. So the first one is something that just happened last night. It was absolutely amazing. I was doing a stream with Warshack. We were co-oping Galakron Rogue and um, like the Play Hearthstone Twitch account just gifted 100 subs in my chat. And it was awesome, an absolutely man. amazing uh, experience. So um, I was really, really grateful for that. But also just kind of outside of the Hearthstone and like video gaming world. Um, so my sister had... Uh, what will now be my third niece, I guess, a few months back, but I haven't been able to see them because of, you know, COVID and everything. So mm-hmm. I did get the chance to finally meet my newest niece recently. Oh, nice. And so that was definitely the highlight of my past like month or so. So, Well, that's really exciting. New family members and just getting together with family in general and these troubling times uh, definitely yeah. can bring happiness and congrats on those hundred subs. That's great. I know they're giving away what 6,000 uh, between yeah uh, last thursday like and tuesday that. so yeah i just didn't expect it to be me so. <laughs> <laughs> well i'm glad it was you definitely deserve it you're a great streamer and a great player Thanks. so 
But we're here really to talk about the rogues, so let's jump right in. Yeah. The first card that we have is the Prize Plunderer. He's a one-mana, two-one, rare pirate minion with a combo deal one damage to a minion for each other card you've played this turn. Yeah, so I actually don't think this card's good. I know that it's gotten like a decent amount of attention from the Rogue set, but I think that this card's actually pretty bad. And the reason is because like I don't think that there are enough cheap Rogue cards to really make this effective as hard removal almost always after you play this card like maybe you'll do like five damage or four damage or something and if it's a bigger minion you're probably still going to have to trade into it anyway i just think that we have as a class more effective removal options than uh this this plunderer card and then th the second thing that makes this kind of uh tricky to play in my opinion is that we don't want to be using our combo cards to chain and activate removal we want to use those combo cards to have bigger plays like um edwin and questing adventure right like we want to use that backstab shadow step prep we, we want to use all those cards to like help build out our big tempo minions that benefit from those zero mana cards right so like playing all those cards just for the sake of removal just doesn't feel like it's a super strong play with regards to like the other things that we could be doing if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. I, I think I was seeing it less as one that you need to throw a lot of cards into, uh, that it's just a good early removal option um, that later on you can use as use towards your other combos. Uh, I agree. Mm -hmm. It's not though, it's not super strong. And um, unless you're going to try to build a pirate rogue, which isn't really in vogue right now, uh, yeah. he's, he's kind of situational. Mm -hmm. uh, next next up we have the Grand Empress Shez, or Shek Zara, Shek Zara. Uh, she's a legendary 6 mana 5-7 with a battle cry discover a card in your deck and draw all copies of it yeah so I think that this card is pretty good I think it's going to be a lot better in Constructed than it will be in Standard I think that as I was reading them I gave this a 4 uh, for Constructed and a 3 in Arena because I think it requires a lot of coordination and you just mm -hmm. don't get that level of synergy in, in Arena but I, I think it's outright a pretty good card because independent of the other support that they have for this kind of shuffle archetype in this in this set um it's just good to be able to search for answers and thin out your deck right like mm -hmm. i think one of the problems that rogue has as a class is they don't have access to super reliable draw all the time so this is just a form of draw that um allows you to again search for answers and and hopefully uh generate the right resource that you need in a particular moment right? yeah more um, like a tutor than a draw even because you're discovering it exactly exactly and, and, and so uh, this does obviously also have i think what's drawing a lot of people's attention is the synergy with um tog scheme or shadow of death or uh which is the, the card that shuffles the shadows into your deck mm -hmm. and then you know once they're drawn they summon the minion that you casted it on um that one's a little harder because you really have to manipulate your decks such that you are either guaranteed or at least extremely likely to discover that minion right to discover either the shadow or the minion that you talk skiing right to, or, and draw mm -hmm. all of those so um I, I i think there needs to be I, like this shuffle archetype with a shagzara is missing just one card that gives you the ability to kind of manipulate your deck in that in that way um but i don't know maybe somebody will find this missing piece but in my mind i, I think that it's a lot harder to use um with those cards for now 
I'm actually really excited to try it with a Mogul cultist and uh, ah, get, right. get that all shuffled in. And uh, then you can even uh, play play a, a secret passage late and play this and have room in your hand for seven cultists. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> it, it could be it could be a lot of fun. So yeah, definitely, definitely some combo combo plays. I'm I'm kind of interested in the shuffle rogue archetype. Uh, possibility but yeah i think that it's just so strong as an aggro deck now that it's going to be hard to transition because those that are playing uh it'll be interesting to see what people come up with yeah absolutely the ticket masters a rare three mana four three with a death rattle shuffle three tickets into your deck when drawn summon a three three plush bear and this is uh, yeah. when any one of them is drawn. It gives you a 3-3 three, three plush bear, right? Not you have to draw all three of them. Yeah, exactly. So it would operate the same way that like Shadows from Shadow of Death does or Wax of Dreads Candle or something like that. When it's drawn, it's uh, you get the effect. Um, and I think that this card's pretty good. I think, um, funny enough, I know in the last card we were talking about it being better and constructed than Arena. I actually think this card's probably better in Arena than constructed. Um, and, and the reason is because I, I think it gives you access to basically free tempo mm -hmm. um, at some point in the game. The only reason it wouldn't be like a, a straight up five, I think, is because you, you obviously just don't have control over when um, those cards come out, right? Like when the, the tickets get drawn. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of unpredictable in that way um but overall like it's pretty good stats for its cost like a, a four three body on a, th a three mana minions pretty good um just like we see with like frozen shadow weaver and stuff like that it trades really well um and definitely on the aggressive end it's pretty good in some of the archetypes that rogue is already developing in this meta i think people again are thinking about that synergy with shakzara the card we just talked yep. about and i think i have the same problem um with that synergy as i do that I've, with like talk scheme and shadow of death where again you don't really have the certainty that you're going to discover the the plush bear it's more of like a high roll potential than it is really kind of a dependable strategy so um like i said overall i think the card's good uh, i think it'll be better in arena like i said than it will be in constructed um it doesn't really have good synergy with any of the other archetypes that rogue has it's just kind of like a good minion i think people will start to experiment with it and just like see how it does but overall as deck lists optimize uh throughout um you know the like couple months of the meta uh it'll probably you know find its way out of most decks i i tend to agree i mean it's still fun and the the bear looks great uh so yeah. there'll be people that'll play it still for memes and i think i think shuffles they're they're really pushing it as a as an archetype so i think mm -hmm. there will be some that are viable but they probably won't be you know top tier decks and all the the best players will probably migrate away from this uh back to a yeah. stealth package or something but definitely one to yeah. keep an eye on and be interested in for sure so tenwu of the red smokes a legendary two mana three two with a battle cry return a friendly minion to your hand it costs one this turn I mean, I, I think everybody is in unanimous agreement that this is a five out of five card, no matter what way you slice it. This card is potentially the best card in the entire expansion. Um, it's absolutely broken, and I can almost guarantee that it'll get nerfed at some point. Um, so the first thing I thought of when I thought of, uh, sorry, the first thing I thought of when I saw this card immediately was Kronks. Um, this enables oh, you mm -hmm. to play Kronks three times in a turn, if you want, because you play Kronks for six mana, you play this for two mana, 
get Kronk's back to your hand for one, so then you play it again. Um, so then you're at nine mana. But if you shadow step this, it only costs two. So if you shadow step it, you play it one more time, you get Kronk's for one mana again. So that's 10 mana, and you can play three Kronk's, right? That's a 15 oh, that's damage crazy. combo, which is, is pretty disgusting. Um, but even outside of that, I mean, like... If you have any good battle cry on the board, evil miscreant, if you have like frozen shadow, like literally anything, like it's you're getting so much value from this card. Um and I, I think that this is going to find its way as an auto include into basically every rogue deck because yeah. I mean half of, of the minions in rogue are just really good battle cries. So um right. this card's going to be played a lot. I I definitely agree with you. I'm most excited for this one uh, in hoping to draw an old god with uh, with uh, the Galakrond, um, yeah. and then then bouncing them back <laughs> into your hand and just having a really crazy, humongous swing turn that will yeah, show up on all the highlights application for sure <laughs> especially if you play pull Kelt, uh and then you play Galakrond. Oh, right. like it's it's super it's super possible, right? <laughs> uh, malevolent strike is an epic five mana spell destroy a minion but costs one less for each card in your deck that didn't start there yeah so the thing about this card is again this is going to fit into that shuffle archetype that we were talking about but i just don't think it's a good card i think this is probably the worst card that rogue got in this expansion mm -hmm. um but to be fair they, they got like a lot of good cards and that's because uh even if you were running the shuffle archetype right um, not only do you have to shuffle cards in to not pay five mana for it, but then you have to kind of hope that you don't draw those cards before you need to play this card. So it's just like really uncertain. And again, like I'm a, like I mentioned before, I'm a pretty risk averse player. So, uh, mm -hmm. I like to have certainty in my removal. And I think that the class overall specializes in having very efficient and effective harder removal. And so like that's the reason why we don't, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, no, that's what I would say. That's why we don't run cards like Assassinate, right? Because like we just have better removal options, right? So, um, I it has the potential to be good. Um, I I think I, it's one of those cards I need to see in practice more. But I I think in practice it's going to be underwhelming because people are going to expect to get this super cheap removal, but are going to be disappointed because they're like, oh shoot, I haven't shuffled anything into my deck, or oh shoot, I already drew the things I shuffled into my deck. It's just going to be kind of burdensome. Like just run coerce. <laughs> like, right. Um, although this will uh, get reduced cost for every bomb in your deck, so there's that too. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't <laughs> not a really help play though, <laughs> because uh, well, yeah, I was gonna say because um, bomb warriors not playing that many minions anyway, so right, right. Uh, it's not that good there. A cloak of shadows is a three mana epic spell. Give your hero stealth for one turn. Yeah, so I this is the only other card in the uh in this rogue set that I gave a five out of five. Like this card's absolutely gross, and I think it's uh even more gross because it's uh it's an it's an epic and not a, a legendary. So, like you be, you can't not being able to take damage for one turn is immensely helpful for rogue, and that's because there are so many games because of rogue's really good balance of offense and defense like with its hard removal versus its aggression there are you end up in a lot of situations where if you could just get one more turn like you're able to swing things um back into your favor and so um it, it allows you to take these kind of like clunky setup turns and then just play this at the end and then just have a pop-off turn after that um and there's very few like spells that um hit the enemy here or that hit you as a hero without using the target mechanic and so if you're if your hero can't be targeted um 
it's going to be very, or, and it can't be attacked by minions. It's going to be very difficult to kill you. Right. So, uh, Mm -hmm. it it enables you to kind of like, uh, give yourself that certainty that like, Hey, I, I don't need to try and live this turn. I I can set up what I need to, to take a big swing turn next turn. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause I think that's what gets in the way a lot of times with like, uh, what's a good example, like, um, Togwaggle, right. And Galakron road people, people are like, okay, if I play lackey and then I play Togwaggle and then I play uh wand or crown or whatever i have to get these things in order to get in order to win the game right whereas now you could be like okay let me play this lackey let me play togwaggle and then let me play cloak of shadows so that way i can't die the next turn i can not only play wand or crown or whatever but then i can look for additional answers on top of that to either help me win the game or to help me just live right Mm -hmm. um and so i think that this card is going to be really good i i agree just it was such a strong effect on the uh, on the hero power card uh, or the hero card um, mm-hmm. that making it cheaper, bringing it down in cost. I mean, it's not as good as timeout, obviously, because there are still things mm-hmm. like Cthune, uh that can hit you in the face. Um, yeah. And but yeah, preventing targeting uh, definitely um, definitely helps and gives you, like you said, that swing turn potential shadow clone is a two mana rare spell a secret after a minion attacks your hero summon a copy of it with stealth yeah uh so first and foremost shout out to my naruto naruto fans who you know like know what shadow clones are but um (laughs) other than that so this card i don't think is is very good um it's like mediocre at best uh I think it slides, of course, right into that uh, secret archetype that kind of got built out more during this expansion. But it's just really easy to play around, right? Like, right. Uh, if they have more than one minion on the board, like, okay, let me just attack with this 1-2 or this 1-1. One, one, and then, okay, now I'll attack with my 8-8, eight, eight, right? Uh, it's, it's super easy to play around. It's uh, potentially not that helpful for you, right? Like... Um, because even if you do summon another minion, right, it's like it, it allows you to sure to just probably trade back into the minion that already attacked anyway. So like you're not you're not getting that much unless you have some right. other form of removal for the minion that attacks. So uh, I don't know. The the one way I could potentially see it being somewhat decent is in the stealth archetype where you're like, okay, I don't have a stealth minion to activate like a Greyheart Sage or something, or to activate mm-hmm. an, an Ash Tongue Slayer. So now I will get a stealth minion. And I can now use. Uh, these effects that are synergistic with stealth, but that's the only way I, I kind of see it uh, being really good. But otherwise, I think it's just like a mediocre card that'll be, like maybe some people will play it in the secret archetype, maybe they won't. Um, but yeah, I don't anticipate it being game breaking at all. Yeah, I wouldn't. I'm not expecting this to be played in a secret archetype. I, but like you said, in in a stealth archetype, I I do run into lots of times when I have things to activate on stealth but no stealth minions so this gives you that possibility although usually in those cases they're trading into my unstealth minions instead because they're better trades for them and so they're not attacking mm-hmm. the hero until they get something worse anyway so uh yeah. 10 degree not not one i think we're going to see a whole lot of maybe other than maybe experimentation right up the gate mm-hmm. The Foxy Fraud is a two mana three two with a battle cry. Your next combo card this turn costs two less. Yeah, 
I think I'm going to have a pretty hot take here. I think everyone's really excited about this card and thinks it's really good. I think this card is theoretically good, but in practice, it's going to be bad because most of the combo cards in Rogue are pretty garbage, honestly. like That's why there's no like combo archetype. Like The only good combo cards that really get played are Edwin and Evil Miscreant, right? And if, most people are even cutting Eviscerate from their list. Oh, really? Well, yeah, like most people are... Yeah, like... I don't run Eviscerate in my Galakron Rogue list. I didn't run it in my Secret Rogue list. Um, Eviscerate is a good card, but even like, imagine you play Eviscerate with this card, right? Okay, so now you're getting a 3-2 and then with like Battlecry, deal 4 damage, basically, right? Mm -hmm. Sure, that's good, but that's not like some super overpowered synergy, right? Uh, I think that the best case scenario for this card is going to be high rolling Edwin. Uh, like if you have like, I don't know, Turn to coin foxy fraud backstab uh shadow step foxy fraud edwin or something like that right and then you just make some huge like that's i just see it as like kind of hyper roll potential and it's good because um sorry the other situation where it's good is like turn three where you don't have a card to activate evil miscreant you're just like okay well I guess I'll play Foxy Fraud and then I'll play Evil Miscreant. So now you don't have to deal with that awkwardness of needing to have backstab mm -hmm. or having to wait another turn to play a one drop than Evil Miscreant. Like it's good in those kind of situations. But again, I, I would just stress that most of the combo cards in Rogue are really bad. So um, I, I just right. don't see this card being super effective. And then like the other ones that are good, like Wand Thief or um, Brain Freeze, they're already one mana. So like, why do we need? To, why are we going to discount them for two? Um, right. So yeah, I, I just don't think this card. I think this card's good in theory. Like it's a great effect, but but it needs to be supported by better combo cards. Yeah, I, I guess I can see that too. Most of what you're going to play, that makes them free. They're already pretty cheap to begin with. Maybe if it was a one mana, one, one uh, with that effect, mm -hmm. then uh, you could run it in more combo decks. But using using it for two, it costs uh, you know what you would run to build up those combos like Edwin and, mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, I think yeah. a lot of people might just be... Uh, seeing the art and just loving the Volkiras <laughs> and uh, one, one, it is it to amazing be good. art. I will say that. And and let, let me be fair. Like, I don't want to completely discredit the card. There are spots where I do think it'll be really good. Besides the ones I mentioned with Edwin and evil miscreant and like more of the value or tempo rogue decks. It's really good in an aggro rogue, right? Because you can mm -hmm. develop the three, two body and then put uh, the eviscerate to their face or something, or you can develop this three, two body and then play hook scimitar and then deal four more damage to their face. So I, uh, this card has its uses. I'm just saying, I think a lot of people think thought this was like a five uh, going into the expansion. I think it's going to be closer to like a three. It's fair. The Sweet Tooth is a 2-mana 3-2 common uh, with Corrupt, gain plus 2 attack, and stealth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm shocked that this card is a common, to be honest with you. Like, this card, I think, is really, really good um, in almost every archetype. So uh, I, I think one thing that Rogue is lacking is specifically strong 2-drops, right? The best strong 2-drop that we have in, like, an aggressive uh, or stealth archetype is uh like sky Vatir, right which is like net net a bad card like sure you get to draw a card but a one three doesn't really fit with the aggressive nature of the rest of the st stealth package and um like you're you're getting draw anyway from Greyheart sage so it's like just like not really that great um the other two mana card i think is ashton slayer which necessitates that you already have a stealth minion on board right mm -hmm. so um this card's good I, and i know that this isn't a true two drop because you need to because you would ideally want to corrupt it but even if you 
um don't corrupt it at all if you're playing an aggro you could just drop this as a two drop and it'd be fine but if you do corrupt it you get this immense payoff where you have a two mana five two that your opponent most likely can't interact with outside of some form of aoe or like uh combustion or something weird like that uh and you get to just slam five damage into your opponent's face like it removes the need to play stuff like burrowing scorpid because now you can get get this for cheaper um and then and more controllable yeah and it's more controllable so i i see it i definitely see a combo where like you can coin turn two play self-sharpening sword turn three you're playing this and spy mistress and uh it gets out of hand super quickly for your opponent because because now all of a sudden you have what's that five plus three plus presumably two if you strike (laughs) with the self-sharpening sword that's like 10 damage coming out in one turn and that's going to be on turn like three or four right so i think that's going to be pretty disgusting this card's going to be really good and in arena even better because you might even end up with three or four of them and your deck mm-hmm. and corrupt in in uh, arena is going to be so easy to get um yeah i I'm, I'm kind of excited for this one and again the art on the rogue cards are just like making me it's laugh great. today you know <laughs> <laughs> uh swindle oh yeah swindle is a two mana oh, common spell uh, draw a spell, uh, combos, and dominion. Yeah. So this card's really, really good. I, I think that this card is a probably like a four uh, out of five. I, I don't think it's game breaking, but I think uh, normally it would be a three in any other class. In Rogue in particular, it's a four because, again, Rogue has so few good draw options that this just becomes extremely helpful. So uh, again, like when I was talking about like Foxy Fraud not having good combo cards to uh, really make it that good of a card, this is one of them that I think will be really, really good with Foxy Fraud, right? This is mm-hmm. so because now Foxy Fraud becomes a two mana draw, two, two mana, three, two body, draw two cards, one of which is a spell, one of which is minion, right? which is almost, I won't say guaranteed, but it's very likely, uh, given that the curves for Rogue tend to be pretty lower, uh, it's very likely to give you plays for your next turn. So mm-hmm. I, I think that this card is going to be really, really good. And I I would stop just short of saying it's an auto-include in almost every deck because this kind of draw potential uh, in Rogue is so helpful because it's, I think it's one of the places where Rogue gets the most stuck. Yeah, especially early draw. Like There, there are the late game draws that hardly anyone plays, but... Um, yeah, being able to do it early, uh, even as early as turn one with the coin uh, mm-hmm. and just fills your hand, gets you ready for yeah. that turn. It's it's like a, a mini secret passage, right? Yeah. that And I, I actually think that it, going back to something we were talking about earlier, the, what do you call it? The shuffle archetype we were talking about. So mm-hmm. if you play like Shadow of Death or you get those like uh, plush bears or whatever, and you play the swindle like maybe you high roll and now you get a three three body or you get oh, uh, right. whatever shadow you shuffled in <laughs> um take the cast and you that's that, that'd be awesome um so i think it definitely has a lot of potential uh on to the neutral cards the inconspicuous mm-hmm. riders uh three mana two two common uh with a battle cry cast a secret from your deck so you think we're gonna see secret rogue uh strong um, as, as strong as, I think people are going to try to work with this card. I think that this card is obviously going to, to better support the immensely built out secret ar- archetype that mage got in this expansion, mm-hmm. but, and uh, it, it, yeah. And Hunter for sure. I, I think that this is going to 
be experimented with in a row because I, like not only did we get an additional secret to bring us to a total of i believe five secrets um but uh now on top of that like uh i think our secrets are a little bit more variable too so before i thought too many of our secrets were like i only want to play this in a particular spot right uh like we think of like bamboozle or plagiarize but now with uh with the new secret that we got shadow clone it's it's called um that's one where i feel like i can play probably play this at a lot of different points in the game so if i do get this randomly casted out of my deck by a conspicuous rider it's not that disappointing that being said um i do think that this card's a little bit too risky to play if you're running plagiarize because plagiarize is just mm -hmm. such a high skill cap card like you need to play at the at the exact right moment um for it to really be effective so you i wouldn't want this casting and plagiarize out of my deck but i do think that it makes bamboozle a little bit uh more viable because yeah i'd love for this to just cast bamboozle and then get a six drop when my opponent tries to attack it into this so um right. uh, this card could be played uh with the secret Ro archetype but uh i thought it was just worth mentioning uh mm -hmm. but it, it overall it, it'll probably just fall by the wayside it's just a three mana two two body is just not strong enough and uh, that's all that we had uh, in the the review decks. But if you were going to pick an old god that you think would show up in Rogue, what do you think it would be? Are you more of aligned with Yogg because it's so easy to play the spells or Cthune yeah. because he's just fun? Yeah, no, I, I think um there's potential for for a lot of them but i think it's just gonna be yog because like you said it's just super accessible like a lot of decks are already already running um six zero mana spells right double backstab double shadow step double prep and so that gets you more than half of the way there <laughs> right. and so uh like i think that that's just gonna be really ex uh, accessible for rogue that being said like at least on a like competitive or like high right, right. legend level i don't think we'll see that but i don't know it could be fun still for sure fair enough so uh impressions overall for rogue you think the well we've talked about uh, the shuffle rogue being a potential new archetype that people try you think there's anything else or you think it's mostly support or you think that rogue won the, the set uh yeah i definitely don't think rogue won the set uh, i think that we did get the best legendary like i mentioned tinmu is absolutely busted and will definitely get nerfed but um i i think that it's again mostly support for existing archetypes i think people will try to find their way into this shuffle rogue archetype but in the end i think that it, there's just not enough support for it again too hard to manipulate your deck to ensure that you're going to draw uh whatever you shuffle in uh, and so I think that's kind of the last missing piece. But that being said, there might be a, something that I'm missing that somebody else catches, and that can make that archetype work. The, the only other thing I think makes that archetype kind of hard to execute is that in reality, it's like late game value kind of payoff. Mm -hmm. And so with that in mind, you kind of need to play control for the first half or three quarters of the game. And Rogue is just, as a class, not very... Um, prone to being able to control well because it's like more hard removal as opposed to like aoe or uh anything like that so i don't know maybe we'll, we'll see what happens but yeah i would definitely say more um support for existing archetypes than new but that being said rogue uh will still be a strong class to play it won't be the best but it'll still be viable for sure at all levels of ladder excellent 
So thank you so much for being on the show today, Pocket. Uh, can you share me. how uh, people can get in touch with you if they want to complain that they <laughs> used your advice and built bad decks or uh, that they want to agree with you and say, hey, wow, yeah, everything that you said is spot on. How do they How do they get in touch with you? Yeah, sure. So you can find me on uh, three platforms. So uh, Twitch is just going to be pocket underscore aces, uh, P-O-C-K-E-T underscore A-C-E-S. And then uh, Twitter is uh, going to be kind of the same thing, except there's one more underscore at the beginning of my handle. But if you just look up pocket aces HS, it'll be there. And then finally, uh, YouTube is I'm pocket aces HS as well. So um, yeah. That's awesome. I'll make sure to get those updated in the show notes. So you'll be able to find them easier. And uh let them know how great Shuffle Rogue is when it dominates, becomes the S tier. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the number one deck in all of Hearthstone. So thanks again, Pocket. Appreciate you taking yeah, the time. Thanks for having me, Guy Grumpy. Always a big fan. Bye. Thanks for welcoming me to the Happy Hearthstone. I appreciate you bringing me on. Um, I have been playing Hearthstone since back when Witchwood came out. I started to see some of the odd cards and then they kind of were there and then they were gone before I got a chance to really uh, <laughs> understand what that was all about. But I, I did start, I was starting to learn free to play, starting starting through just kind of making my way through each class and then eventually landed with a Paladin. Uh, it, it just seemed the most uh, straightforward to me as far as a class. It, it wasn't just random things that were <laughs> you built off the things that you were able to play and it also um, during that time when I was learning it it, it's, it just seemed more straightforward uh, I, I know a lot of people think uh, start with Hunter that's like the class right. where a lot of people do but um, for me that was that was the class of like I can do a lot of damage but I die I don't know why I keep dying <laughs> Paladin was like oh you can heal yourself this is amazing <laughs> and uh <laughs> That's where you started to see some of the control aspects and, and the value of the, the, the cards. And for me, that's mm -hmm. that's where I kind of gravitated towards when it came to a class identity. It just really stuck with me. Um, and then, so from there, uh, as far as the, the class as a whole, started to really find my stride with Paladin when uh, it was actually at its weakest uh, during Ashes of Outlands. Uh, that's mm. that's when Librams were just put out, and uh, it wasn't really the strongest class. It was a, like you didn't even have a good one one uh, one cost card to, to play because the older attendant was two uh, until right. they fixed it, <laughs> and uh, so it, it became interesting for me because I would play around with the cards and and. Uh, try and find the best solutions to fix some of the problems. And for me, that was where I really got kind of endeared by the classes is for its faults, there's, there's strength in it too. Um, and then to see uh Skullamance Academy come around and, and it became the class to be was uh, right. even more uh, enticing. And then I, I feel like that's just going to continue into uh, Darkmoon Fair as well. Um, Interesting. And you were you're involved with the uh, uh, testing and things of the Librum Paladin, right? The, or Librum yeah. Paladin, that, that and, funky. And in fact, uh, it's great that you brought that that up. Didn't mean to interrupt you there. That's it. Um, Go ahead. 
so uh, when it came to Ashes of Outlands, right before uh, Skullamance came out, I actually built a deck that took me to Legend. That was my own creation, and I was so proud of it. It was it was a pure Paladin, Librum, and also Quest. So it combined all three wow. of, of the deck types that you wouldn't actually <laughs> think belong together. And in fact, I called the deck Pure Insanity because you had to be insane in order to... <laughs> <laughs> put that card combination together and go, this is going to work. Um, and then you made a Highlander Murloc version of it too, right? <laughs> Just to add more <laughs> keywords. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, you need to, you need every keyword in order for the deck to work. Um, but back then during ashes of outlands, it, it, you actually needed to, to find unique strategies in order to, to make a deck mm-hmm. work. Um, and then, uh, Skullmance came out and Pure Paladin was just so strong right off the bat, but then it it, it felt like it, it uh, kind of hit a wall. Um, and that's where I started to to mess around with the broom in Paladin uh, because I it, it helped uh, regain tempo and, and especially helped with one, one problem that Paladin uh, seems to have is, is lack of access to to rush minions and Mm -hmm. and a way to change that tempo on the board um and with that i added the broom in along with selhet's pride and actually owls Uh, originally they were in there too um and and then i brought that to funky on one of his he does this funky friday where he has um viewers bring in their decks what they're doing what they're seeing uh success with on the ladder and then he plays them as well what's great about that is that you get someone that's playing at a high level and it's been doing it for years bringing his expertise to to your creations and then you're going to be able to take that and 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 build even better things and Mm -hmm. uh so i brought that back in august and then he went on to the next couple of weeks work on refining it. And he'd, he'd, he'd come back and he'd be like, this is it. This is the one. And then I'd, I'd end up asking one question be like, uh, what about this Argent Braggart? I feel like it's not really doing what we want it to do. Only to then switch it out for the pen. That that was the change that uh, sent, sent it uh, over into what is now the tier one deck that it is. Um, and, uh, it's amazing to see. And, and now the frustration is that I have to fight my own deck when I'm on ladder to try (laughs) to legend. Although that switched a little bit lately back to more of a pure paladin, uh, archetype. Um, but you know, things definitely change very quickly. I'm sure that we'll see more of your creations, uh, going forward into this new, uh, this new set. So this wouldn't be the happy Hearthstone without at least asking you to share some of the happiness that you've been finding. Obviously, there's some happiness that you've already shared, but what else has been just making you happy in general? Um, I, so for me, the things that have been making me really happy recently have been all these changes that we've seen uh, coming from Hearthstone, uh, the achievements, the new duels. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are so many different ways for the players to be engaged in this game that they love and maybe not even have to do it in a way that requires them to spend a lot as well. That new progression path, Mm -hmm. whether you get the tavern pass or not, is going to give people access to more in-game gold. And then also just more ways to play the game to have fun with it. And uh, 
that's mm-hmm. just exciting to me. Uh, to have more ways to enjoy the game that you already enjoy is is always going to be a benefit. Absolutely. Like one of the things Hearthstone's known for is uh, driving tilt. So when you start to feel that happening, having more game modes. I, I had found Battlegrounds to be a great break from the latter constructed games. So uh, Duels was going to be kind of the same thing. Uh, I haven't gotten so much into duels yet but uh definitely feel like when there's more options available then it's going to be something i'll dive into as far as treasures and hero powers and stuff so uh having ways that you can stay in the client stay playing stay earning achievements uh and um yeah it's it's really great and exciting that you can save money by not buying all the other games that you otherwise would yeah, and uh, I I like that too. the The fact that I still progress on that path when I switch from grinding on ladder to like I just want to chill and do some BGs or maybe duels. I still get to achieve gold in game and and feel like I'm progressing towards that end game goal. Mm-hmm. Even though I decided that I wanted to take a break from doing the real, you know, what I consider <laughs> right. to be the, the strenuous work. <laughs> right. Uh, so we'll have more on the achievements and progressions at a, on a later podcast. We're really more here to talk about the Paladin. So let's jump right in. Uh, we're going to start off with the Day at the Fair. Uh, this is a common three-mana spell. Uh, summon three Silver Hand recruits and a Corrupt of Summon five instead. And uh, I, I remember this was the, one of the first cards that came out in that uh, reveal video and getting mm-hmm. just super excited to see uh, Paladin right off the bat. Um, I, I felt like seeing it, I would be like, wow, this th- this is an odd co- cost card. This is going to work well in Odd Paladin. But the after getting a chance to actually play Odd Paladin, um, you realize that that corrupt portion of it it's somewhat difficult to achieve when you're playing odd paladin in wild um and then i also feel like that's going to become a unique challenge when uh it comes to standard play as well um whether to play it on three and just get your three silver and recruits or to play it on five but um then it becomes with this card and then other cards that have come out in the set um is that going to be enough to overwhelm uh, opponents mm-hmm. and there's a lot of ifs involved with this card uh, for me I just I, I feel like we're going to have to play test a lot to see it work and I don't know if it's going to be enough yeah I tend to agree on the odd uh, paladin and wild that it's it's just too slow and there's not enough um, there's not enough cards that uh, give you the corrupt effect uh, in, in that deck. Uh, there's a few like Leroy and uh, Lotheb and, and stuff like that. But uh, I think it's probably going to see more play in Standard uh, where it's just a buffed up, uh, what was the spell that gave you two 1-1 one, one taunt minions uh, or t- one, 1 taunt Silverhand recruits. It's just a way Air to raid. put minions mm-hmm. on board. Air Raid, yes. Uh, so it's a way to put minions on the board. There's a chance that you can use it to overwhelm. There's ways to give your guys Divine Shield uh, in in the standard uh, coming that we'll talk about later. Uh, so I, I, I don't think it's... I don't think it's going to be completely absent, but yeah, maybe maybe at first glance it was a bit more exciting uh, for potential uh, other modes. Um, 
and we'll we'll see. I, I I'm sure we'll see it, just maybe not as much as uh, we thought at first glance. Next up, the Hammer of Naru. It's an epic six mana three three weapon with a battle cry. Summon a six six holy elemental with taunt. And uh, I was really excited to see this card. It, it's for the cost. Uh, I. It's an amazing weapon. You're going to get a six six taunt plus uh, nine damage across three turns. That's that's amazing. Uh, Additionally, the one thing that I noticed with it is the holy elemental. The fact that it's an elemental then means that you're going to have some interactions then with the old god Nizoth as well. Um, mm-hmm. See this card working really well in a big paladin commencement duel type deck with Nizoth in it as well. Hopefully you don't end up pulling Nizoth with your uh, commencement or duel, but if you don't, the reward is going to be that you're going to have all these other uh, amazing minions in a deck that are going to come back once he hits the board. Hmm. I hadn't thought of that. And yeah, I, I see it as being extremely powerful. It's this weapon is, is going to see play not only in uh, that type of uh, big duel deck, but also even in pure, it's, it's a, solid taunt with an attack power um and that's that's going to be something that's going to help uh put some more damage in and be able to allow you to sustain board presence uh for paladin and that that's that's amazing yeah i agree just a six six for uh six six taunt for six is as decent stats it's not you know jump out of your seat but it's it's playable and then having the weapon on top of that is just kind of gravy <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look at uh, the what is it? The fire elemental. It does yeah. only three damage when it hits the board, and that's a six five, and it doesn't have taunt. Right, right. and that's considered to be a good card. <laughs> right. Uh, next up, we have the legendary high exarch. Is that Yurel? Yurel. Um, it's an eight mana legendary seven five minion with uh, battle cry. If your deck has no neutral cards, gain rush, life steal, taunt, and divine shield. And uh, immediately, what comes to mind when you see those keywords all combined together is Ziliax, one of the best cards that uh, I I can remember when I first started Hearthstone. I was like, I don't know what this card is, but it's amazing. And it goes in everything. Uh, Now this one for Urel can only be in pure Paladin, but that doesn't stop it from being any less amazing. Immediately upon seeing this card, uh, I was, I was psyched for pure Paladin. Uh, It gives more uh, end game sustainability. um, And it's, once it hits the board, you're going to heal up. You're going to swing and have a, a minion left on the board. Also, still with taunt. Uh, it, it, it's just a phenomenal card. The only the only thing with the restriction of that it has to be inside a pure deck means that uh, you can't have those uh, neutral cards that I've grown to love throwing into my paladin decks. <laughs> right. So the the biggest difference here for me uh, versus Ziliax is the magnetic potential for Ziliax and, you know, in a deck built around it, it, it had that extra strength of 
even bigger stats. Uh, this one to me seems a bit expensive. Eight mana for a seven five. If you get the battle cry, that's great. But there's ways to shuffle things into your deck and and stuff that make it a little bit less, even in a pure paladin. Um, so I'm excited for it. I think that there's a lot of utility and you're going to get it off uh, pretty frequently. Uh, I'm also excited by the art because it just brings back memories of my good friend Alkali Lake who built a <laughs> Draenei Paladin as a costume contest for Twitch. Uh, so it, it it's the alley card for me. Uh, so I'll definitely be trying it out. I kind of see it as the um shervala almost uh where you you don't want it early you want it to stay in your deck and then pull it out in ways that you can make it less expensive or and even to receive it then off of your um light forge crusader that's you know your right. perfect follow-up for the from your turn seven to turn eight uh True. it's gonna be amazing all right looking forward to seeing what you come up with <laughs> Next up, we have the Balloon Merchant. It's a rare four mana three five with a battle cry. Give your silver hand recruits plus one attack and divine shield. Um, and so this card kind of follows along with Day at the Fair. Um, I thought mm -hmm. immediately, oh, there's going to be some implication for even Paladin, but even Paladin, you know, only sometimes gets those silver hand recruits on board. It's not uh, as prevalent as as odd paladin where it's just silver mm -hmm. and recruit after silver and recruit after silver and recruit um but with that uh then to see it as well this is this could be that card that then you play if you've played your day at the fair on three then you follow it up on four um with with your balloon merchant it gives you a reason to go ahead and play your day at the fair not corrupted which then makes you then wonder, well, how do you then maximize that? Mm -hmm. And it's balancing all that out that is going to be the interesting play that will happen with this card. Again, it is more support for a kind of dude paladin build. Um, mm -hmm. We're going to probably see it in the future grow stronger, but until then, this is, this is just going to be um, helpful, but not, over the top <laughs> yeah the stats uh for four mana as a three five are they're okay you like to see the heavier health uh, at this level uh i i actually think people are going to experiment with it but yeah probably find that it's not quite there yet um unless we get more uh, support for silver hands um i think that it kind of sets up a refresh though for the day at the fair so you get a big board of silver hand recruits play your first balloon merchant uh and then it makes your next day at the fair that much better so um I, it, there's definitely still some synergies even though it, it may look a little backwards at first so i, I agree you're probably not going to see it a ton uh but people are going to yeah. experiment with it uh, partly too because there's an achievement for um having so many of your silver hand recruits have divine shield so this gets you <laughs> a good portion of the way there <laughs> I, yeah, and I, I think we'll see it. I think it's it's like um, Librams were in Ashes of Outlands. They, they came along, but they didn't see their their full stride until they hit Skull of Man's Academy. So I feel like they're building towards something with with this uh, mm -hmm. Silverhand uh, Paladin, but they're not there yet. Right. I'm waiting for the 
George, the fallen uh, legendary minion. And, and who knows? Maybe it's something that's coming out in the mini set as well. So that's a good point. Uh, next up, we have the Carousel Griffin. He's a common five mana, five, five mech with divine shield and a corrupt effect of gain plus three, plus three and taunt. Um, and um, I saw this. Uh, it was like, what's corrupt? Let's, let's figure this out. That was when when they were still kind of explaining the whole corrupt thing. And it, at, at its base stats, a five, five with divine shield. Not bad. That's not a terrible mm-hmm. card. Um, and definitely an eight, eight with taunt. Um, once it is corrupted, it is amazing. But the hard part is, is how do you corrupt this card? And for Paladin, that's 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 the difficult thing. There's not many cards that you do want to play that exceed the cost of five, um, except right. for in 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 that bigger big Paladin uh, setup where you have commencement that's available to you. You you might even uh, use. Um, now I can't think of it. Dual. Uh, <laughs> dual. Dual could pull it out. That's that's the hard part. That's though, the downside. That you'd end up so with commencement. a 5-5 five, five with Divine Shield. It would stay on the board with dual commencement. You'd end up with 5-5 five, five again. But if it's in hand, then then it's great. But it's 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 balancing out that. I don't think this is going to be the mech that um, a big paladin is going to end up using, actually. Because right. of that downside, I I feel like uh, they may even use the other new mech from uh, the Claw Machine instead of, of mm-hmm. uh, Carousel Griffin, just because of the benefit of being able to then draw another card with that as well and get it, bu- it buffed as well. And Rush, right? So yeah, it, and that has Rush. So it, I mean, <laughs> it would it works great for okay, took out something on Duel, it didn't die, can hit something else again um, right. right away. Um, and then even if it's pulled off commencement, it has divine shield and rush. It's a, it's a better mech. Yeah. If you can get the corrupt, it's really, really good. Like an eight, eight divine shield taunt is, is so good, but agree. It's, I mean, you might have the weapon as one that would corrupt it, or, um, there are some six and seven mana cards that you're going to want to play especially in an old gods deck then you know it might be just a late game option um to to drop in but uh in arena it's fantastic um oh yeah uh you know because you're going to corrupt it pretty pretty frequently so there's definitely a place for it i also just love the art like riding an eagle who hasn't wanted to do that especially because it's 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 like the one that you, that's outside of the grocery store, and then they right, become right. like you put in the quarter, <laughs> and then it turns into the, like when it gets corrupted, it turns into this like what am I doing? This is not it's, a kitty ride. It, it turns into <laughs> the bucking bronco, right? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, next up, we have Loxrathian the Redeemed, a legendary five mana five five demon with a battle cry for the rest of the game after you summon a silver hand recruit give it divine shield uh, and w- this is this is that card that would push the scales for a uh, uh, silver hand recruit paladin build being amazing um mm-hmm. it, it's definitely going to help it get there but again we talked about how there's there there may not be enough um in in wild he's he's too slow at five cost you, you've already almost gotten to the point where the game's won before you finally start to get divine shields on all your little dudes um 
he's just not gonna gonna make that happen Um, see i i I actually kind of think in wild then he sees play and maybe replacing uh lotheb or something like that because you do run out of steam if you don't get uh if you don't win by you know turn six or seven okay. and having divine shield may give you that survivability because uh, a, a lot of the time as i've been using odd paladin to uh, level up in wild um uh recently then it's more a matter of just getting your guys to stick so that you can give them the buff the next turn and uh there's so many ways that they can get rid of it get rid of just one once right um that making them hit them all twice uh would be just enough to get you that extra buff i think but we'll we'll see but you're right it is slow at five mana uh for aggro decks and and, and that that's that's maybe where he'll he'll see play right away. I, I yeah. Think about it if 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 you know you get that that pie in the sky of like you get him on five and you're able to play him on five. Yeah, it it could it could definitely make that deck work. The consistency of though getting that card right now to appear for you on five. Uh, I just right. think it's not going to be there. And then to be able to capitalize on it for in standard play right now with just your hero power air raid and day at the fair um and maybe tour guide um i just i don't know if we have enough of that synergy to to really make the deck happen i think people will definitely play it i think it's going to be one of those decks that people are going to day one want to see this card hit the table yeah, um, well, this is the one that uh, corrupts the day at the fair too. So, yeah. corrupted on five, on six, then you get five divine shield silver hand recruits. I don't know. I it, it I don't know that there's enough. Will be be much better than 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 what I think it, it sounds. Is. I, and I'm definitely gonna gonna give it a try. Experiment. I'm excited yeah, about yeah. it. I, I do want to play with it. I just. I don't know, and I I don't want to yeah. like go haul hog and say this is the best <laughs> card from the set uh, when when I don't feel that way. <laughs> no, no, I'm not trying to pressure you into thinking differently. I'm just uh, I I kind of see where they're going with it, and you might be right. There might be more support later uh, that really makes it pop. But I'm kind of excited about it. White weenie uh, deck or dude paladin um, mm-hmm. should be fun. Next up, Oh My Yog. Speaking of fun, it's an epic one-mana secret uh, spell. Uh, whenever your opponent casts a spell, they instead cast a random one of the same cost. Uh, and when I saw this, um, actually, I didn't even I didn't even get to see it at first. Uh, one of my coworkers actually saw it come up and spoiled it for me. Uh, oh, <laughs> and nice. when they said it, I was like, "Wait, what? How much does it cost? One?" I was like, "That's Paladin." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> And uh, got to figure out that that Paladin's essentially getting Counterspell. Uh, it's amazing uh, for me. Uh, I feel like what this card does for for Paladin Secrets is it actually strengthens all the other secrets because on top of it, the Paladin Secrets were at, at, before this card were, were things that you know if if it happened, you're like, oh, you know, the, I can easily test around this or easily play around it. Um, this this new secret being in the pool means that. Um, you know, the, those spells that are about to be cast, they're going to have to think twice <laughs> before they cast them, you know? 
to they end could up. get something better though, which is uh, the the part that scares me. Is I know a lot of people are considering it like a counter spell, it, and it does counter the effect that the intended effect most of the time. I guess uh, uh, it could change targets if it randomly summons the same uh, spell. Um, do you know if this one? is only spells of your uh, class or can it be spells from any class? Uh, it looks like it says random one of the same cost. So I would think it's of any class. So yeah. I, I think it's also interesting too. People are like, well, well you could play test with, with the coin um, and, and, or test the spell with the coin. And I'm like, but that could also backfire on you because your coin could turn into forbidden words and you had 10 mana and you had, you know, an am- amazing old God sitting on the board and that old God's gone. And so is all your mana. <laughs> Right. Or you could get prep and uh, get something even cheaper or um, or you could overload. So even early (laughs) on, you know, get the zap and the overload. Uh, Maybe not in standard anymore, but yeah, there's there's a lot of fun things that are going to happen because this card is in play. Um, I also feel like there there's there's even the potential for um, with some of the corrupted things where there's there's well, you want to corrupt it. Well, what do you do on the next turn where you finally get to play that card that was, you know, that mm-hmm. price? Now you have two mana left over on the turn when you finally get to play it. Well, that's where maybe some of these secrets could come in. Um, and mm. We might even see maybe Secret Paladin come back and get to see um, that that into to play as well. Um, yeah, they haven't gotten a lot of secret support lately, so in standard maybe not, but I think we probably will see people experimenting with it in the uh, wild. Yeah. I I, th- I think it's a great card, though. It, it definitely makes the other paladin secrets stronger because it exists. Yeah, and this one kind of confused me, though, too, because it's not really the random aspect isn't really one that you usually think of paladin for. Uh, they're they're lawful good, right? So oh, I think that's where <laughs> I think that's where the old gods had a hand in that. <laughs> there you go. It's corrupted. It's it should be a corrupt effect, right? <laughs> Next up, the red scale dragon tamer, a two mana two three common murloc minion with a death rattle. Draw a dragon. And um, I, I, a lot of people have kind of given this guy the side eye and thinking, no, that's not all that great. But I think this is an amazing Murloc to be added to the Murloc pools for Paladin. Uh, Paladin's strength and and Murloc Paladin is the scale Lord to be able to tutor him. So that way you have him in hand is just even more amazing. Plus the body for two, getting a two, three uh, is pretty great. I agree, and I've I experimented in Ashes with a, a Dragon Paladin with the Murloc package because we had uh, what's his name, uh, Scargle, um, that also draws based on the dragon. Um, so it, it seems to be a combo that they're really wanting us to push uh, that hasn't really been um, experimented with too much. So uh, I want to see it work. So I'm hopeful that this is enough. Plus he'd, he'd look great on my shelf. Um, I, yeah, <laughs> and I, I think even in, in Dragon Paladin, Dragon Paladin kind of suffered because it didn't have an early minion on two. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pretty solid to play other than, um, what was it? The Tasty tasty Fish or, <laughs> the, or the Balloon. Yeah, the yeah. one on, yeah. 
the one on and, the balloon. Yeah, the, the one that's the snack for the dragons. Uh, but <laughs> you add this guy in, and, and now all of a sudden you've you've got more draw inside a deck that that sometimes lacks that drawability. Yeah, good point. Uh, so, so, um, and you've you've got that synergy of murlocs and dragons and dragons and murlocs so i think there might be uh something fun that does come out of it where there's maybe even a, a mix of it where we see kind of a, like a scales paladin nice i'm definitely going to be trying it uh next up is snack run a two mana spell uh rare uh, discover a spell restore health to your hero equal to its cost um initially seeing this i, I think it's a interesting card however um the usability for it i think it's going to be initially just on that dual palette and kind of as some initial upfront healing to discover something that um then could also potentially help you but the discover pool for paladin spells is a little murky there are some really bad paladin spells that you you don't want to get off of this um and then you'll end up potentially either needing to choose the bad spell because you need more healing or potentially choosing the 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 secret because that's the important mm -hmm. thing and not getting enough healing um, because you just spent uh, two mana to get one healing. Um, granted, you do get access to more spells, but I used a discover mechanic at one point early on using Vulpira Scoundrel and in the past, and I didn't like the results of that. Um, uh, so it, it, I don't, don't know if this is going to see a lot of play. Yeah. I'm kind of guessing it won't. Uh, although two mana discover a spell seems like it would be good. Uh, you almost would rather have, I mean, there's so many better choices that are more consistent for what you'll you'll get from it, uh, and the health restoration. There's especially I, I'm not, I'm trying to think of even what deck this would run in, and I'm just drawing a blank. So like with the dragons, there's other ways that you can heal. Uh, with the librums, then it's not really it doesn't really fit in for synergy wise, uh, and you have the other heal that's pretty big with the librum of hope. So you don't really you don't need the health. The, it's really more the discover the spell. Yeah. And you don't even get the spell back it. from Liadrin either. So that, that's <laughs> right. kind of sad too. Um, the only thing that I could see is maybe in like a Yog Paladin where you're trying to get, this is two spells in one spells. card. Yeah. Um, so you're, good point. you're building up the number of spells, but even then I, I still feel like there's, there's better ways of getting there. Uh, next up's the Carnival Barker, a rare three mana three two. Whenever you summon a one health minion, give it plus one plus two. This is another another one of those cards to enable that silver hand recruit paladin that they're they're yep. trying to get us to build. Um, this one, however, I, I feel like is probably the the best out of the ones that they've given us so far. In that there's there's it doesn't have to be just silver hands that that utilize the the buff. Um, in that it it can I think it'll see more play than maybe even the balloon merchant. Um, but it does yeah, I mean, it works with broom and, uh, and, and even it works. If you look at the current Lee broom, you, you, you can play your cell hats, you can play your loot hoarder, you can play your broom and all of them are going to get buffed. And now they're even a stronger board clear. If that's what yep. you were needing to, to then draw into more, uh, it's, 
it, and at that three costs, it's cheap enough that that's a, that's a viable option um, to utilize. I know uh, Cult Master even was used a little bit early on in the, the some builds of Libroom, and that was four mana, and people were still using it. But that also helped mm-hmm. with the draw as well. Um, at three, and then having increased stats on the board as well, I, it, it's, it's great. I, I think it's definitely going to see play. Yeah, especially if you can uh, get it to stick and then play like Divine Shield minions with one health. That that three one Divine yeah. Shield guy he, comes he, to mind. That the the Og Merchant, the Guardian Og Merchant, yeah, yeah. could could keep him on on the board as well for sure. I, I think there's there's an interesting play that is going to happen with with that, um, and also with some of the neutral cards that are then also coming down the pike as well in uh, Dark Moon. Yeah, you've got me real excited about this one. I, I I mean, it looks like a strong card just on its face, but now my mind's just churning with the options. And the extra health, especially early on, uh, is just so big. Um, he won't last very long. He's basically got taunt on him. So uh, we'll, <laughs> <He's> <laughs> we'll see. Taunt target for sure. <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of want to couple this on turn six with the uh, party at the fair or um, yeah. day at the fair. And uh, day at the fair on turn six would be phenomenal. You get Lothraxian um, uh, on turn five. You're able to play Carnival Barker and day at the fair and fill your board with... with uh, <laughs> Three th- or divine two, three. shield, three two or two three two three. Uh, <laughs> Silver silver hands. I, I think I think they're gonna be upset that you you made that happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, onto the neutrals. Uh, we have wriggling horror. He's a two mana two one with a battle cry. Give adjacent minions plus one plus one. And so uh, great that we just talked about Carnival Barker because wriggling horror then also becomes a um, great way to potentially protect your carnival barker plus uh, also a way to enable this kind of um, dude paladin build like i said it's not that i'm not interested in trying out this uh, Mm -hmm. this deck idea i just don't know we'll we'll have to see in playtesting if it's going to work but you'll end up with um you know three four uh and stats on the wriggling horror, then also your carnival barker protected a little bit more has has now three health instead, um, mm-hmm. and also uh, it's a great card for for a follow up on turn two. If you started off with turn one tour guide, you have a silver hand recruit and a tour guide on board, and then also then the next turn wriggling horror, you've you've uh, solidified an amazing start. You got three mm-hmm. three bodies on the board. Um, two, 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 one, and a two, two, and you're you've only uh, spent three mana. That's that's kicking it off. That's, that's you're you're almost going to see an aggro style play coming out of this card. Uh, that is valuable, yeah, for sure. And I, and I definitely think there's been a lot of people that have seen this card and think that it's that it's going to be um, something that's put into a lot of decks, and I definitely think so. Fungal Mancer was was one of those that. Um, saw a lot of play, and this is essentially the same card, but at a cheaper cost. The Dark Moon Rabbit is an epic 10-mana 1-1 beast minion, but it has Rush and Poisonous and also damages the minions next to whoever it attacks. So what are you thinking here? Um, Dual Paladin? Dual Paladin. (laughs) 
paladin. Dual paladin, uh, like I said, I feel like it's gotten a lot of support. Uh, you've gotten the hammer, you've gotten a, a couple other things coming in there. And uh, if you happen to hit this on dual, you're happy. If you happen to hit this on commencement, you're even happier. <laughs> and then to, to have um, the old god of Nizoth able to bring him back because he's a beast um there's there's layers upon layers in which this this uh card is is gonna earn its name for sure um <laughs> I, I love i love the the picture of it too uh it's sitting on top of the templar armor uh it reminds you <laughs> of monty python and yep. the whole trail um I just I don't I don't know where the holy hand grenade is because we're gonna need it. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be in the thirty five card set, right? <laughs> um, because uh, I mean, dual it's taking out it's it's gonna take out two um, cards. The card that's on the board next to where your dual target uh, is uh, placed, plus it's it's killing those instantly, um, and then only to come back again if you have Nizoth and Commencement is taking out three targets and it's going to stay on the board and they're going to have to deal with it again. Well, it's not really taking them out because it'll take out the one from Duels, but the Divine Shield Paladins that are all that anybody's ever going to see, the uh, Silver Hand Recruits, (laughs) they'll just take off their Divine Shield. (laughs) shield. (laughs) Uh, so all this talk about Nazoth, but the old god that you chose was Yog Saran, Master of Fate, uh-huh. uh, the, which is a legendary 10 mana 7-5 with a battle cry. If you've cast 10 spells this game, spin the wheel of Yog Saran. And there's uh, six different options for the wheel of Yog Saran. You can fill the board with random minions, then give yours rush, destroy all other minions and gain their attack and health. Fill your hand with random spells. They cost zero this turn. Cast Pyroblast randomly until a player dies. Take control of three random minions or cast a random spell for every spell you've cast this game. Targets chosen randomly. So, um, yeah, I think I've I've said, hinted at enough of where I want Nazoth to, to play with that uh big dual paladin so yogs run was the one that i wanted to talk about most <laughs> I, I can see him instantly just getting slotted into uh Lebrum or or even pure paladin and you're easily gonna cast Libram of wisdom 10 times 20 times <laughs> 65 times before you finally decide to slap him onto the board and i feel like it's just going to be that that's going to be the epitome of, of madness at the dark moon fair <laughs> uh, when you get that rod of roasting going around and pyroblasting everything on the board uh, i i that's where i see um <laughs> me immediately <laughs> immediate joy on my face uh, as when, it wipes out all the divine shields on your opponent's silver hand recruits but yeah, hits you in the face <laughs> nice all right well with that um that's all of the cards that we wanted to talk about in this section obviously there's more old gods to discover we talked about Nazoth a lot we'll let you experiment with that um but before we let him go, we have a card of the week. So Noodle Swoop has chosen the High Exarch, Yurel, 
and uh, I, I just feel like she she's uh, going to be that uh, card that is going to hopefully uh, make Pure Paladin stay on top. Uh, so so with that, I decided to have a little bit of fun with it and do my card of the week song uh, in ode to her. And uh, <laughs> with that, I modeled it after Pink's song Funhouse. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> let's see here. Do, 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 This used to be a fun house, but now it's full of old gods. <laughs> it's time to start the countdown. I'm gonna burn it down, down, down. With holy fire, I'm gonna burn it down. Nine, eight, seven, precision, unity, perfection. Fun. <laughs> Precision, unity, perfection. Indeed, indeed. The callback was great. I loved it. <laughs> so uh, thoughts on just Paladin as a whole, this whole set? Are there going to be new archetypes or you think it's more um, uh, support for old archetypes? I, I think there's uh, plenty of playtesting to be done. I, I, I feel like, the, first off, there's definitely that new archetype of, of Silver, well, rehash, I should say, mm-hmm. of Silver and uh, Paladin. Uh, we're going to see that definitely um, playtested. It's, it's going to hit. I, I think there'll be some people that'll stick behind it and try and make it what it can potentially be. Um, but I feel like um, the dual paladin was something that everybody was gung ho to try and make work during uh, Skullman's Academy, and it, it kind of fizzled out right after that initial um, mm-hmm. start. And I feel like that's that's really where we're going to see um, people playing. I feel like that's going to be the 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 mainstay, uh, with also pure paladin having an incredibly strong addition that it's going to mm-hmm. get those those decks are going to give each other the run for the money <laughs> i feel like it's in a strong place there's also some definitely some now new stiff competition coming out i uh ticketus for one is is something that i think is is gonna create a lot of issues for a lot of people it's <laughs> just gonna disappear on you <laughs> right so. well i Definitely appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your expertise. I'm really looking forward to what uh, what decks you come up with. For those listeners that want to find you, how can they get in touch with you to say how right or wrong you were and see what decks you've uh, been building? Um, so uh, just for now, I, I'm on uh, Twitter. Uh, you can get me at NoodleSwoop. Uh, that's the easiest way to, to reach me. Um, additionally, I, I'm all over Twitch I, I, in the different Hype Horizon um, lobbies. Um, and you may see me in other places uh, shortly in the future. Um, but uh, that would be the easiest way to, to reach out to me. Let me know what you think if you decided that, you know, I should really start my career as a singing for renditions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> reach out let me know all right and we will definitely get your uh, contact information then uploaded in the show notes and like he said he's in a lot of chats i'll be building some of his decks i'm sure on day one uh to test them out for him or with him uh so definitely come by and check us out thanks again noodle swoop have a fantastic day 
My shaman expert today is Ramam. Ramam from the same area of the country as I am, uh, but we've never met in person yet, so we'll have to remedy that at some point. Welcome to the show. Would you care to introduce yourself, like how long you've been playing, what's uh, drawing you to Shaman, and any Hearthstone accomplishments you, you want to share? Yeah, so my name is Gabe, aka Rumham. Um, I've been playing for about three years, maybe coming on four years. Uh, my most recent accomplishment was reaching rank two legend uh, just about a week ago for the so first close. time. I was pretty excited about that. Yeah. It was, it was kind of unfortunate loss on rank two, but, you know, it happens. <laughs> and what's drawn you to Shaman as a favorite class over those three years? Well, so first of all, Shaman was just the first... When I first started playing, Shaman was the first deck that I was able to craft. It was uh, like a mid-range Jade Shaman back okay. when that was a thing with like mm -hmm. uh, Totem totem Golem and Tunnel Trog, mm -hmm. the, the classic OP one and a two. Yep. And ever since then, I've just been playing Shaman. I was a big fan of Even Shaman, Shutterwalk Shaman, uh, unfortunately Evolve Shaman back when they brought the wild cards back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've just always been always been into Shaman. And you had some you've had a few heydays then as a Shaman player, but recently it's been a little bit of a rougher go. Yeah, it feels like. Over the last couple of years, Shaman is either really, really good or really, really bad and not a whole lot in between. Right. Well, hopefully we have some good things to talk about here that will put it up to the at least good part. Uh, maybe maybe we don't want it to be really, really good again uh, because that forces them to make it really, really bad again at some point. So uh, right. fingers crossed they finally figured it out. But this wouldn't be the happy Hearthstone without asking you to share some of the joy that's in your life so what's been making you happy lately well uh it might it might be a little uh too on the topic but i think what's making me happy are these shaman cards i think we're finally right. going to get a meta where shaman is good and potentially not oppressive i don't think these cards are too good uh but i think shaman is positioned to be like a pretty dominant uh force in the in the new meta Excellent. So good, but not nerfed. Uh, that's what I'm hoping for. All right. Sounds good. Well, that's what we're here to talk about. So let's jump right in. First up, we have Dunk Tank, a rare four mana spell. Deal four damage, corrupt, then deal two damage to all enemy minions. Yeah, so the first thing I thought of when I when I first saw this card was this is basically, once it's corrupted, it's basically swipe with spell damage, more or oh, less. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the first thing I thought of, but after thinking about it a little bit more, it feels like this, as a removal spell, it doesn't really fit into Shaman right now, because currently we already have much better removal options. Right. Uh, thinking of Earthquake, Hagatha's Scheme, Torrent... They kind of all just outclass Dunk Tank in terms of removal. Mm -hmm. And I think four mana is a, is too expensive to use this as like burn damage because this can go face, mm -hmm. which is significant. So unfortunately, I'm not a huge fan of this card. I was looking at what Shaman cards will be losing in the in the next rotation in April. And we will be losing Hagatha's Scheme and Earthquake. So mm -hmm. it's possible that this sees a lot more play in the next expansion when we lose those prime removal spells that makes sense 
so when I saw this one, I was kind of, well, the, the art first drew me in that it's just kind of a silly, uh, you know, goblin sitting on the dunk tank and getting hit in the head. That's, that's pretty <laughs> hilarious, uh, which obviously makes you want to play it because it, it seems silly. But with all the, the uh, spell damage that they gave Shaman in previous sets, I kind of thought maybe that's what they were going for, that this could be a lot more than four damage and uh, you know a lot more than two damage to all the enemy minions so you could get a nice burst to the face uh, in the right deck but again very uh, strategic and um, probably not something that's really strong out the gate yet yeah it's just that in terms of like a spell damage shaman it seems like if you want this to do if you want this to go face you have better options like mm-hmm. Lightning Bolt, Lava Burst, uh, a couple new cards that we're going to talk about later. And so it just feels like this falls short in in both ways that you could use it, both in the face damage and in the removal. Okay, that's fair. Uh, let's move on to Magic Finn. He's an epic 3-mana, three 3-4 three, Murloc. Uh, after a friendly Murloc dies, add a random legendary minion to your hand. Yeah, so this, out of all of the Shaman cards, this is the one that I'm probably the least excited for. Oh, really? Yeah, it doesn't really seem... Like, sure, it'll probably be played if Murloc Shaman ever becomes a thing again. Uh, But we haven't really seen a good Murloc Shaman deck in a couple expansions now. And the main drawback that I see with this card is that if you're playing a Murloc deck, you want your Murlocs to go face. You don't want to trade with your Murlocs. If you're trading with your Murlocs, you're probably losing, right? That's a good point. Now, this one, though, I, I like because he's a decent body uh, for the Murlocs. And I feel like, although we haven't really seen a lot of it in the last couple of expansions, that the, the shaman, Murloc Shaman is better than, uh, than it might be seem because of its dearth of play uh and you know there's all kinds of draw to get more murlocs when you play them still uh there's this guy now that gives you that more of a win condition with the murloc so i'm i'm pretty confident that we are going to see a return to the uh, murloc shaman and that this is one of the better cards in the set so it's really it makes me feel like i am not a shaman expert when i hear the shaman expert say that it's not as exciting as it might look uh at first glance yeah well i do agree that it's a great it's a great body for the murloc tag and it does have that going for it it's just that i don't really see murloc shaman having enough support just mm-hmm. to be a good deck in general and the and the the card text doesn't really do a whole lot because random legendaries on average are going to be pretty bad especially in a, in the kind of deck that you'd play this in so i, I just don't see i don't see the effect being good I don't. I don't see the deck being good. Uh, it's. It's definitely a very fun card. A lot of right. like casual players are going to have a lot of fun with this card, but I just don't see it being like competitively viable. Fair enough. Uh, it, I'll just uh, put it up on my Murloc shelf and we'll admire it, uh, thinking someday, someday, or maybe in a while. <laughs> uh, next up is the Deathmatch Pavilion. It's a two mana epic spell. Summon a three two duelist. If your hero attacked this turn, summon another. Yeah, so this card's pretty interesting because if you can play this on two for and get both bodies, this is very powerful, clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the downside is we currently have no real way to do that outside of, I guess you could go coin rune dagger and then play this on two if you're on the coin. 
but right now, Shaman doesn't have any any it doesn't have any one cost weapons, and the only two cost weapon that you actually want to put in your deck is Rune Dagger. <laughs> so I at 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 the moment I see this card falling short, mm-hmm. but if Shaman ever does get a one mana weapon that you actually want to play, then I could I see this card having the potential to be very powerful. And there's a few cards in the set that that Shaman got for uh, what that have bonuses for attacking. So I was kind of surprised to see only one weapon. I'm kind of wondering if there's more more coming. Um, uh, in the 35 card expansion just to give it the support that it actually needs. Uh, but I tend to agree that it's, it's really good if you get both uh, and get them early. Um, but later, later on two health minions are really easy to clear and um, mm-hmm. a two mana three, two you can get with an effect. So uh, it's not, not the greatest uh, combination unless, unless you just play it for the three two to help build up a yog or something like that. Yeah, and the three two body was kind of the other reason why I don't see this card being so good. Is after after turn two, it, the earliest you're playing this is turn three or four, mm-hmm. and by then it's it's far easier for your opponent to have something that deals two damage to two minions. It's they maybe they have a cheap removal spell and a small yep. minion on the board, and then in this and then this card kind of just did nothing. Yep, exactly. The Grand Totem Eyesore, legendary three mana zero four totem minion. At the end of your turn, give plus one plus one to all other totems in your hand, deck, and battlefield. Yeah, so this card is kind of a weird one to evaluate. It feels like Totem Shaman in the current expansion is just on the cusp of of being viable. Mm -hmm. And this totem is clearly pretty good. But the only real problem I have with this card is that you're not actually getting that much value off of the effect unless you already have a couple totems on your on your board, mm-hmm. and and then you don't even get to you don't you don't even get to attack with the totems that turn because this activates at the end of your turn. And in terms of buffing totems in your hand and deck, there's really only two other totems that you want to put in your deck right now, it being Totem Goliath and Evil Totem. Maybe you want to run Manatide, but Manatide is is Manatide has been power crept by now. It's really not a very good card. And same with Flame Tongue Totem. Well, what's the uh, five mana or the five five? That's a totem, isn't it? Yeah, that's the Totem Goliath. There's that, and then Evil Totem, and those are like really the only two totems that I want to put in my deck right now outside of this card. That's fair. Yeah, so you just need to rely on them being on the board or the Goliath getting killed and boop boosting after that so i see what you mean it is a lot of excitement on it yeah well and there is a three mana spell that will give it give it plus two plus two and copy it Mm -hmm. and then they would buff each other at the end of the turn making them way harder to to clear so maybe there's some play there if you're able to consistently copy this card the turn that you play it and you know playing this for a zero four on three there's a good chance your opponent won't be able to clear it if you just play this on an empty board. They might not be able to clear a zero four that early in the game, and then maybe you get to you get two activations off of this, and then maybe it's it's good enough. Hmm. But I'm a little bit skeptical. 
There. Oh, I I was was also meaning to mention there. We are getting an amalgam card, but oh, right. I just don't think that I don't think that's good enough to really four mana for five. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not the kind of card you'd want to put in the, in a totem shaman deck. Is the problem right? Yeah, it would get buffed, but I uh, I don't know. I'm pretty skeptical about this card. I think it will be good if we get a couple more playable totems, but. As of now, I don't see Totem Shaman being the kind of Shaman deck that we're going to be playing. But, but maybe good in duels, uh, where you get a few more that you're you're maybe stuck with. So uh, yeah, or or wild. It's possible that this could see play in wild because there's there there's a, a number of good totems that that wild players have access to. So right. maybe there's that. But I don't really play wild, so I can't I can't speak to that. Fair enough. Uh, next up is Revolve, a one-mana common spell. Transform all minions into random ones with the same cost. Yeah, this this card is very cool. And the first thing that I don't, I think that a lot of people don't realize is that this is all minions, not your opponent's minions, not your minions, both players' minions. Right. Uh, so there's a there's a lot of very specific uses for this card. And it's possible that they all of those uses will add up to being this being good and seeing play in some sort of control deck. <laughs> uh, so after looking at the priest cards, it feels like some sort of big priest or res priest is going to potentially be be the new priest archetype, mm-hmm. well, quote unquote new. Right. Um, in which case, if if some sort of res priest is very popular, this this card becomes a lot better, right? Right. Um, also there is potential synergy with desert hair. You can play desert hair yeah. and then play this. There you go. And it's, yeah, it's like a pseudo evolve, I guess. Uh, another potential use could be with something like walking fountain. You play walking fountain, you make a couple trades, you clear their minions, you heal, and then you revolve. And then you turn that four, one or four, two into a brand new eight drop. Uh, and eight drops are the best in the game, right? So, yeah, yeah, the eight drops are pretty good. Um, let's see, what else did I say? Yeah, and then I guess maybe Librum Paladin, if if that's still a deck, this would yeah. get rid of all of their Librums. So there's there that. Uh, but yeah, I the 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 main thing with this card that's not doing it for me is for those uses that I just mentioned. Why not just play Devolving Missiles? And that's just a. This seems like a worse devolving missiles at the moment. Well, if you, unless you get some of those uh, ones that are mini buffs, like you mentioned, the desert hair, and it seems like a little bit better plague of murlocs because you have a little bit more control over. Um, uh, I don't know, may, maybe not better plague of murlocs because you could really mess with uh, the res pool there uh, for res priest and things so i don't know you might you might try it and just as a way to change board states and be random um yeah i i think this card is going to be more of a tech card or it's really going to depend on what the what the meta as a whole looks like Mm -hmm. and if there's a lot of if silence effects are very good in this meta then this will probably see play in any sort of like mid-rangey control shaman Mm mm-hmm but I don't know. I just feel like right now devolving missiles is just better. And I'd rather yeah, yeah. play that than revolve. 
and then you have more more uh impact with your own board where you're playing cards that you know you you want to keep right uh with mm -hmm. devolving missiles you get the same effect most of the time um actually worse a better effect because it reduces their their cost uh makes it a little harder to deal with makes sense yeah and the last point i have about this is this card existing it does make wand maker in shaman a little bit better because now mm -hmm. you're less likely to get the forked lightning which is generally the low roll of all the wand maker mm -hmm. cards that you would get so it may, it might make wand maker a little bit better i wouldn't mind getting this uh randomly generated yeah yeah absolutely good point mm-hmm uh, next up is the Cage Match Custodian, a common two mana, two two elemental minion with a battle cry, draw a weapon. Now, this card I'm excited about. I think this is probably one of the best cards in the entire set. Wow. This card is just insane. Uh, so, Shaman generally has, we have a couple good weapons, we have Rune Dagger. Uh, we have a, a weapon that we're going to be talking about in a, in a few cards. And we have Doomhammer. I guess we also have the the Evolve the evolve weapon, too. This could fit in evolve, into Evolve Shaman. The uses for this card are endless. My opinion on this card is that it's going to be played in every single Shaman deck until it rotates out. Oh, wow. I don't really see a world where you would play a Shaman deck that doesn't run this card. It sort of makes the weapons better. It's a great body to play. Uh, I, I compare this card to Corsair Cash, which is basically used in every warrior deck, right? This is mm -hmm. Corsair Cash, but instead of the extra durability, you're just getting the stats on board immediately the turn you play it. Hmm. Interesting. I, I guess I I don't play a lot of Shaman uh, or haven't in a while. Uh, and when I do, it's Murlocs. So I haven't <laughs> played a, a ton of weapons. So I kind of saw this and, and just passed over it like oh you're drawing a weapon but what weapons would you really want with it you've named quite a few good ones so uh yeah i'm i'm eager to see if you're right that it's in every deck uh it makes sense the way you you speak it so clearly <laughs> yeah and just traditionally in hearthstone cards that are any any sort of minion that is has fair stats for its mana cost and also tutors out a good card Mm -hmm. They always see play. Absolutely. So I just don't. Yeah, it's too. It's too good to to not be played. I'm really excited for this card. I think it's going to allow for a lot of a, a lot of archetypes to be viable. Excellent. Next up is the Pitmaster, a rare three mana one two with a battle cry, summon a three two duelist and a corrupt of summon two. Yeah. So the Pitmaster. Uh, I I think there might be a world where this card is good. I don't see it happening quite yet. Mm -hmm. Sort of for the same reason why... Uh, what is that? What was that two mana? Deathmatch Pavilion. I mm -hmm. feel like this card isn't so good for the same reason why Deathmatch Pavilion isn't so good. If you corrupt this, yes. It's a lot of stats for how much mana you have to spend on it. However, the earliest you're playing this is probably turn turn five, maybe turn four if you're on the coin. Right. On turn five, it's so easy for your opponent to clear a board of two health minions. Right. Like, this is not going to be scary for on, on turn five. Right. So maybe this is meant as a 
token shaman it seems kind of weird it's been a while since we've had that uh, but i agree that the two health is the problem for all of their summons so far um mm -hmm. and and this body him, himself isn't all that great for three mana so um yeah it's just too easy to clear probably not seen a, a ton well there are yeah just going back to the pitmaster there are a few small uses so for example if you're playing this in evolve or yeah evolve shaman you know, like you mentioned, this is a pretty, it's pretty bad stats for its mana cost, but the mm -hmm. bodies are, the other bodies you get are pretty good. So maybe you play this and then you evolve your board and it's a little bit better or a buff like what you mentioned. Or revolve it. Yeah, yeah. Or, or potentially revolve. Um, and then they, the other use could potentially be, uh, what did I say? Um, right. Quest Shaman. If your if your quest is activated and you're doubling this battle cry, this is like an entire board of minions for three mana, well five point. mana with the hero power, right? So maybe this is better in maybe it's playable in quest shaman. That makes sense. Gets you one closer. Um, gets you a few uh, with shutterwalk as well. So yeah, we'll maybe. See. Uh, Storm Strike then is a three mana common spell. Deal three damage to a minion and give your hero plus three attack this turn. So this is another card that I'm I'm very excited about. I think this card is I think this card is busted. Really? I think this is I think this is similar to the Cage Match to Custodian in that this card is going to be see play in basically every shaman deck until it rotates out. Um. It fits in every sort of any every maybe not maybe not evolve shaman, but this this is an aggro card. It's a mid range card, and it's a control card. This could be used to in a control deck. This is like a great early game removal, right? You deal three damage to a minion, and then you kill another minion with your hero. Mm -hmm. uh, in same with same within mid range, and then in an aggro deck, this can be comboed really well with Doomhammer. Or the legendary that we're going to be talking about in a couple cards. Um, there's a lot of ways to get more than just three attack from this from this spell. Good point. So next up is the Wackanole Hammer. It's a three mana rare uh, weapon um, for three attack and two durability. After your hero attacks, give a random friendly minion plus one plus one. So this card is, it's kind of hard to, I'm not really sure how I feel about this card. A lot of people think, seem to think it's very good. I think it's it decent. So um, it fits really well with Cage Match Custodian. You play the Custodian right. on two, you draw this, and then you play it. Uh, and, you know, this is this is uh, Fiery War Axe. That's the card I'm thinking of. This is Fiery War Axe with an upside. So I don't think it's... Uh, I don't think we, we want to underestimate this card. I think this card will be played. It'll probably be played in basically any Shaman deck that either cares about doing damage to your opponent's face or building a board, because it's a pretty good buff. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really see this being played in any sort of control Shaman. It's just not good enough for that. That's fair. Or yeah, with, only, with only two activations. And yeah, Evolve, yeah. you lose the, the benefit of it. So... Um makes it a little bit tougher 
Makes sense. Yeah, I think it'll be played in any sort of aggro or token shaman. But yeah, outside of that, I don't really see it seeing much play. But I think it'll be a pretty good card in those decks. So we'll see. Uh, so Inara Stormcrash is a five mana legendary four five that on your turn, your hero has plus two attack and wind fury. This is the one you meant comboed with the uh, previous card, right? Yes, this is, yeah, this combo is great with Stormstrike, with any sort of weapon that you already have equipped, thinking like a curve along the lines of you go Cage Match Custodian, you draw your Wackanol, you play the Wackanol, and then maybe you coin this out or just play it on five, and that's just so much damage that you're doing. Uh, right. It's basically Doomhammer on a stick. Doomhammer's already like a pretty good card in Burn Shaman, and this is just... This is just Doomhammer with like no downside. This is also you could compare this to Soul Shard Lapidary. The it's basically a con conditionless Soul Shard Lapidary. You don't need to shuffle a, a Soul Fragment in your deck to play this. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, this, this card is this card is so good. I, I think this card will single handedly allow a some sort of burn type Shaman to be playable, and that's actually the. This is this is like the main card that's used in the shaman deck that I have theory crafted. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, I I think this again is this this, this card is going to see play in in so many shaman decks on its own without comboing at all. It's great. Uh, also, just thinking about how this would go in a game, maybe you play this on turn seven or eight, comboed with your rock fighter weapon or your storm strike to deal like ten plus damage in one turn. And then this is an ongoing effect. So your opponent is going to, they're already going to be low on health and they're going to need to figure out a way to both clear this minion and heal out of range of all of the other burn spells that you have in your hand waiting to finish your opponent off. Right. I, I definitely was trying an overload burn shaman uh, here. It just felt a little bit short. You're right. This could give you that extra little boost, um, especially if you have it out and you, it's less scary to overload again um, on, on your next turn because you still have something else going from your face. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited to see how, how it plays out and how often it's used. Yeah, I think the fact that it's an ongoing effect and not a battle cry just makes this card so much better. Yeah, yeah. I think at five mana, four, five, if it was just a battle cry, it just wouldn't be enough. Um, I think so. it would still be good as a battle cry, but I think the difference is it put, it'll pushes this card from being good to great, the fact right. that it's an ongoing effect. Yeah. Basically gives it taunt, right? <laughs> Yeah, and if this sticks and you get to swing again the following turn after playing this, you just win the game. Right. And that is all that we have, but you had mentioned a um, a theory craft. Here it is. Yeah, so I've talked about a potential burn slash aggro shaman deck being played, and I think it's going to look something like this. So the, the main sort of... I guess uh, feature to this deck would be running Lorekeeper Pulkult so that you are guaranteed to draw Inara mm -hmm. the following turn and then you just draw into all these three three mana spells that just do damage. 
Nice. Uh, so you draw into Inara, and then you draw either your weapon, your Storm Strike, your Lava Bursts. Basically, all those cards are going to be good alongside Inara. Um, I don't, obviously, I don't think this is the final build of the deck by any means. Right, it's going right. to be a challenge to even out the amount of minions versus how much actual spell damage, or like, not spell damage, but burst spells you need to run. Because mm-hmm. uh, I do worry that this build will fall short in the mid game if your opponent builds any sort of early game board you you might just lose if you don't have enough uh damage to go over the top mm-hmm. so it's going to be a matter of balancing the 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 burn damage versus survivability but most of these spells can be used as removal too you don't need to go face with all of it interesting i like I like that it reflects everything that you've talked about too. That uh, uh, the um, the cards that you said that were going to be good are in here. Uh, the ones yep. that you didn't aren't. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and what I'm the thing that excites me about Shaman is that the cards that I don't think are good, I think they are. I think they have the potential to be good in future expansions. And mm-hmm. we're also getting thirty five more cards halfway through this expansion. So right, right. I want to I want to say that they have a plan for the cards like Deathmatch Pavilion and maybe even the Pitmaster. Mm-hmm. I think there's a deck that those cards will fit in. They just don't exist at the moment because they are. I think they are good cards. They just don't really work with what Shaman is doing right now. Yeah, good, not great, right? Yeah, and sort of similar to this deck, I I was actually thinking earlier today that there might be some sort of control shaman out there that still uses Inara Stormcrasher and like double rockbiter weapon as an actual yeah. as like a win condition maybe yeah. you just want to survive until you draw all of these all of these ca- cards that combo with Inara and then you just do one you know maybe there's a way to do 30 around close to 30 damage with just Inara and a couple spells I'm not mm-hmm. sure I haven't done the math but I think the deck is there cuz control shaman is pretty good at surviving so did you submit this one to the Reddit contest for the uh, theory crafters to play? Or I did not. I didn't actually even know about that until it was too late. I I, I craft. I made this deck a couple days after that happened. So unfortunately, not. Well, that just means that we'll get to see you uh, play it first. So that's exactly even more yeah. exciting. <laughs> exactly, so, uh, I want to be the one. So apart from this, any thoughts on Shaman as a whole? Any new archetypes that'll be creeping in or more support for old ones that we've missed for a while or, you know, just more of the same? Um, so I, I think this will allow for a couple. I wouldn't I don't know if I'd call them new, but I, I do think that this. So I think this aggro burn Shaman is going to be pretty good. Uh, we have seen decks similar to this in the past, so I don't know if I'd call it new, but it will be new in recent times, I would say. Right. Uh, I think there's a control shaman out there, and it may or may not use Inara as a sort of win condition, because that seems like that's the main thing that is holding control shaman back at the moment. Control shaman's very good at surviving, but it's kind of surviving just for the sake of surviving. There's no win condition in that deck. So maybe Inara gives it a win, gives it a win condition and control shaman gets better. Um, I think also the Cage Match Custodian just might be good enough to make Evolve Shaman playable. Because uh, right now, Evolve, Evolve Shaman, you know, has been in and out of the meta. 
it's never been that good, but it's it's always been a somewhat playable deck. And now we have a consistent way to to draw the evolved weapon. I don't remember what it's called, but uh, but yeah. So maybe you the only weapon in your deck is that the four mana weapon or five mana. It's been a while since I've played that deck, but five mana four two, right? Yeah, yeah. You're picking up what I'm throwing down. Um, maybe that's the only weapon you run in your deck, and now you have four chances to draw it to play it on curve. Uh, maybe that's good enough. So, so what I'm hearing is that the cage match custodian is going to be nerfed on day three for, and it's going to be four mana. <laughs> uh, I hope not, but I mean, if it does get nerfed, then I guess that means I did my job, right? <laughs> right, right. No, I th- I think it's a good card, but I don't I don't think that it's gonna. I mean, I don't think you can really change it to make it uh, that much worse without breaking everything else. I think it's just a really solid card. Um, so. Fingers yeah, crossed. I think it's a good card. I think it's a pretty fair card because it's not a 2-3. It is a 2-2. Two, two. That's not the most exciting stat line for two mana. Uh, but I think the upside is is good enough that it's going to be used in pretty much every deck. Fair enough. All right. Well, I really do appreciate you coming on the show and uh, sharing your thoughts with us. I think uh, you've changed my mind on a few things. Uh, I'll probably still try the Murlocs just because of a love of Murlocs. But uh definitely have me looking at the shaman class as a whole a little bit differently and i'm kind of excited to see it return to the meta um yeah, any final thoughts uh not I, other than i'm just excited to play some shaman it's it's been too long i, I try and play shaman this expansion and everyone just says i'm memeing and maybe <laughs> i win a few games but yeah for the most part i am memeing right now if i'm playing shaman i'm hoping this expansion will change that Fair enough. Uh, so how do people get a hold of you if they want to reach out and say, hey, your inspiration was right on and I appreciate you sharing all this information? Or if they want to reach out and say, hey, you, you're dumb. All of those <laughs> cards that you said were bad are really great and are tearing up the meta with the S tier decks. How do they get in touch with you? So, yeah, I stream most days on twitch.tv slash rumhamhs. Feel free to come into my chat and call me an idiot. I'm I'm ready for it. Let's have it. Let's have a discussion. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at RumhamHS. And uh, yeah, I'd say those are the two main ways to get a hold of me. I'm always Perfect. on always on Twitter, always on Twitch. Perfect. And we will make sure to get those added to the show notes so that you can find them a little bit more easier. Uh, Ramam, thank you so much for being on. It's really a pleasure to see your beautiful face and get to soak up your knowledge. We hope you enjoyed your stay at the fair. Get your hand stamped on the way out for half off the admission to tomorrow's show. Thanks again to our producers, Menarch and Number Theory, for your continued patronage. Your support is truly appreciated. <laughs>